It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? It's, it's good to be back, man. I haven't been gone that long, but uh, PTL coming at you live on a Tuesday. So glad you could join us. Not a Monday, a Tuesday. No C-Win in the house today. He's on a gambling bender. Well, wait a second. Hold on a second. That's every night. We got a lot to get to today. We got a lot going on. We're going to do a good weekend rundown. Talk a little Aces basketball because I got to say, man, that game over the weekend was awesome. Ron Futrell. As I like to call him, the man, the myth, the legend from Channel 8. He'll be joining us later on. He's calling us from uh, Raiders practice. Kind of cool. They're prepping for their game. God, it's incredible. This weekend, baby. I'm excited. NFL Week 1 starts Thursday. We'll get to that with Ron and and preview the Aces. Big game four tonight, man, on the road against Seattle. Sue Bird and the gang. So we'll talk a little bit about that with Ron. As we do every Tuesday, of course, uh, my man in the house, the former DA of Clark County, great DUI attorney, if you do get one, he's the guy to call. Of course, I'm talking about Thomas Moskal joining us in studio, of course, as it is Tuesday. Thomas, thank you for being here, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good, Brian. What's up, man? It's good to be back. You're, you're a little dressed down today, actually. For you, this is dressed down. For me, I'm just a sloppy <laughs> idiot every day. But for me, if I was dressed like you, they'd be like, Brian, what's the occasion? You look great. But would you agree, Numchuck? I actually thought you were pretty dressed up today. I was going to wonder if you had something going on after this. Numchuck, for him. I don't. I don't. For him, that's pretty dressed up. He's dressed he matched up. matched the hat to the shirt. He's dressed wow. up. You're dressed down. I'm just normal. <laughs> I don't know. I, ha- I had some love I had some love making over the weekend, so maybe that's why I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for one of you to make a joke and make fun of me. But uh, No, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you're you. actually making love thank now you. because yes. the way you usually talk about it, I'm yes. like, man, you're an animal, man. Yes. You're not even human. Yeah, Lauren Bobert flew out to see me. So, um, we had a, we had a good to her? Time. Yeah, we had a good yeah. time. Uh, and, then his, <laughs> and then her husband showed up and exposed his genitalia. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. we got a lot to get to, as I mentioned. We'll do the sports aspect of the show a little bit later. Uh, we're going to give uh, the DUI expert here some time to talk about uh, Marshawn Lynch and the new stuff that has come about, if you don't know. Uh, six months mm. prior, he crashes his Lamborghini. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, somebody running for office here, uh, who I know personally who's been on this show, got a DUI. We'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, this is just a... You want to talk about an atrocious story. Um, this poor woman who was kidnapped, her name uh, is Eliza Fletcher, uh, a woman with a, a beautiful family, kidnapped at 4 o'clock in the morning. They just found her body. It's made national news. And for a lot of different reasons, she was jogging in Memphis. And um, what's even horrible about this is the guy who kidnapped her and, and most likely murdered her, I would imagine. Uh, he kidnapped somebody 20 years earlier. And obviously, he wasn't rehabilitated. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, that story as well. But uh, before we get to the actual big topics, usually what I do on a Monday is I do some lighthearted stuff to start the show. And But first of all, let me ask you, how was your weekend? Any Bed good. Bath & Beyond, or how did it go? <laughs> Didn't have time for that, man. It got a little too crazy for that. I couldn't even get to Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> Anything fun? 
Well, hold on. So you didn't do the show yesterday? You take Labor Day off, like a public holiday? I did, yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I took my... Why, you think I should have been here? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I wrong? was a former public employee. We get those days Numchuk off. was happy I wasn't um, here. I know I that. So Everybody happy. in this station was probably happy I wasn't here. <laughs> they didn't have to deal with me. No, I mean, you know, it's a day off and, and uh, able to go out Sunday night. I had a good time. Um, so Sunday night... Um, there's a new uh, media company that just launched here uh, based out of Vegas. It's called Facts.com with a Z. And uh, I was invited to their launch party, which was, I believe it's called Zeusk. Uh, never been to this nightclub Zook. before. Zook. Is that what it's? See, Zook. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But it's at Resorts World. I, okay, I don't understand this, man. I, I don't understand. I don't like the music. The drinks are overpriced. There we go. Yeah. I get the aspect of trying to pick up women and stuff, but it's like I can't even talk to anybody there. And I got listen, I'm not Brad Pitt, if you haven't already noticed. I have to rely on my talking a little bit. <laughs> and it takes all that away from me. Yeah, exactly. Hey, can I get your number? Do you like bald Jewish men? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then there's always that random time where you're talking and screaming, and all of a sudden it just goes. Yeah, exactly. It's Wait, awkward. What? Yeah, yeah. Hey, ladies, I'm circumcised. That doesn't usually work, but if I go into a bar, <laughs> if I go into a bar and I could have a nice conversation with a nice lady or something. So, so you got bar game, traditional bar game, the gift um, of gab. I don't know. That's that's the way you would present it. I would just say that I'm a talkative guy and I, I'll go up to anybody. Right, but the bar's perfect, right? Because you got the alcohol, yes. people are loosening up, and you're able yes. to converse, Correct. run that game. Correct. Well, you know, the nightclub game's different, right? You got. Do you know how to dance? No, that's a definite no on that that's one. That's big in I, nightclub games. I do not you know? know how to dance. That's that's a very please give us a demonstration. Although sir. I tried to, I was on a date a few weeks ago with a lovely lady, and we went downtown, and we went to I forgot the name of the karaoke bar, but it's a pretty popular one in town, and it's downtown. I don't remember the name of it, and I was forced to dance because you know very pretty lady, and we're having a great time, and I I sang, I did some karaoke, and I, I my voice is actually pretty good. I can do that, but then she grabs my hand and she's like, "Come on, let's dance." And what am I going to do? I'm a big wuss, right? If I, if I don't go. So I, I tried, and it was just horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> you almost went into your Donald Trump jig. <laughs> no. I, I can only imagine what she was thinking when, uh, oh, man. Yeah, that was embarrassing. So yeah, no, to answer well, your question, number one, you dance at the nightclub. You got to act like you're good with dancing. You don't want to be that guy. Mm. In the karaoke bar, you probably do want to say no. You mm. don't want to be that guy who's dancing. I impress them, my friend. I can bar. make women melt. Let me tell you, I went to this piano bar. Now, if you go to a piano bar and you sing, this you is got not piano bar game. This is not karaoke. You actually have to be able to carry a tune and sing. And I am confident with my abilities if it's the right song. So I took this girl to. Uh, piano bar over the weekend and uh, my two songs go-to songs at a piano bar is John Lennon Imagine because it's one of my favorite songs and I can hit those notes baby ooh, ooh, I won't try uh, and um, Gary Jules uh, uh, redid a, a Tears for Fears song um, Mad World so I don't know if you know that one as well that's a deep cut man yeah you break that yeah. out of the piano bar and I find it kind of funny. Oh, you want me to do Imagine now? You want me to serenade the former DA? All right, here we go. Imp I didn't know we were going to do this, by the way. All right, here we go. Imagine oh, what are you doing? It's supposed to be the karaoke version. What are you doing? I can't sing over John Lennon. I thought that's, that was you. That's disrespectful. He wants me to sing over John <laughs> Len Lennon? I almost said John Legend. John Lennon? Well, here we go again. Take two. 
I wish Chris was, Wynn was here. I'd love to hear him sing this song. All right, I'll do like 10 seconds, like most of my dates. All right, here we go. <laughs> Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. All right, that's it. That's enough. That's enough. Get hey, rid of it. You know, you hit that. Heaven, there was a little bit of Eddie Vedder in there. A little bit. Yeah, your 90s grunge was really coming out right there. All right, there. we'll do the, we'll do the uh, <laughs> hold on, keep it going. We'll do the chorus version. Is this the chorus? Imagine all the people living for today. You. All right, that's it. Anyway, I'm not really prepared. It's it's morning for me, even though it's noon. So. And that's gotten you late a few times at yes. the piano bar. Yes. Don't mm. have any dirty ideas, mm. Thomas. I'm, I'm taken. Don't have any ideas. Oh, but you're it, taken now? Well, not really. Man, I, I can't keep up with it. Uh, I don't have a fetish for really good uh, former DA, uh, really good <laughs> DUI attorneys. I wish I did. I wish I did, but I don't. That's good to know. I, I like the really bad attorneys. But you didn't know that until Which you is almost everybody me. in this town. Because that? that's, that's the thing about fetishes and kinks. Like You never know until you actually get exposed to it. And you're like, yeah, hey, I'm excited um, by that. God, I wish I wasn't, right? Thomas, are you ready to sing a song? Uh, go play Madonna Like a Virgin. Can we do that? <laughs> That's my go-to? <laughs> yeah. I can hit all those notes. You know, I've done it a million times, man. <laughs> all right. Well, any- <laughs> anyway. Uh, but so you I- know that song, what it's really about, though, right, man? Yeah. You've seen the Pulp Fiction. Of course. Quentin Tarantino's uh I just, uh, I just watched. Uh, what, what, I, like it's so weird you say about. that because I just watched uh, Pulp Fiction. She never felt anything. She never felt pain. Like this. I just watched Pulp Fiction over the weekend. I don't want to hear Madonna. I can't stand that that wacky B word. I can't stand her. Um, the Quentin Tarantino scene with the wolf is just it's so it's so epic, man. It's so epic. I love that movie. It's so great. You know what? It makes me really hungry though because the scene where Samuel L. Jackson is uh, mm, that is a tasty burger, and he, before he executes that guy and he's eating his burger and drinking his soda, it makes me hungry. It makes me want a burger. So I ordered a burger. I was watching it like at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I ordered a burger. So anyway. So anyway, I went to uh, the club. That was fun. Uh, the startup of uh, – and by the way, the guy that's behind that, Stephen Klubeck, Democrat billionaire. I had a chance to, to talk with him for a little bit. He's been on the show before. Look at that slight flex. Just hanging fun. out with a Democrat billionaire. Just hanging out with a billionaire, you know, yeah. A couple uh, days ago. Good guy. Good guy. I, I like him. And uh, we, we just hung out for a little bit. It was fun. Uh, went, on, went on a few dates, had some fun, and um, won a poker tournament, by the way. I uh, played a little bit of poker. I don't play a lot of poker these days, but I did play a little bit of poker over the weekend. Made some loot. So all in all, it was a good weekend. It was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I enjoyed my day off yesterday. Um, believe it or not, before we get to some serious topics. Well, this facts.com, mm-hmm. is this something's right up your alley? It could be. Yeah, it could be. It's uh, So basically what it is is it's pop culture, TMZ meets local national political news. So absolutely. It's, it's a lot. This, this website is a lot. Of kind of what I've done for the last twenty years, really. Um, so I enjoy it. The, the website's up. It, the launched. It launched over the weekend, and uh, it's a cool website. Uh, a lot of good articles on, on important stories, and a lot of stuff that affects you, and a lot of stuff that people are talking about. And yeah, they do a good job. Uh, the guy Nick Ritchie, who is the CEO of this new company, who I had the opportunity to meet. Nick Ritchie, that rings a bell. Yes, he used to run the Dirty. The Dirty, which was a website that was getting over ten million. Uh, uh, people going to it per day. He made a lot of money off that website. He also took a lot of flack, and there were some lawsuits, but he won, I think, most of them. He made a lot of money. 
But it now, established a lot of legal precedent for being able to talk about, provide a forum for people to talk about yeah, celebrities think, and other people. You uh, he, won, he won a lot of key decisions on He appeals. did. I think the only issue is if it causes violence, right? You can't put something up there saying, hey, I, we should all do this to this person. It wasn't really about that, though. People were just putting up gossip about people. And uh, while you can make the argument that it can hurt somebody's reputation and it, it could come into defamation suits and that sort of thing, he won just about all of his suits. And eventually he sold the website and he made a lot of money. So I guess um, you know he's starting up this new website, which just started over the weekend. And Stephen Klubeck is behind it financially. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I'm actually uh, intrigued by it. I went on the website a few times and I think it's, um, it's pretty cool. So we'll see what happens there. So it was fun. Like I said, fun weekend. Um, I hate to bring up Donald Trump news that's actually good for Donald Trump, the orange turd, but I, I feel like I have to do that today because this is a big story, Thomas, and I want to get your legal expertise on this, and then we'll get to the Marshawn Lynch stuff uh, coming up in the next segment. So uh, some of you might know uh, Trump got a significant win. Uh, you know, it's pretty simple. The ruling is a major legal win for Trump. Why? Well, he filed a lawsuit seeking a special master to review the materials the FBI seized last month. Uh, and now one's going to be appointed with the potential to decide that certain materials are out of bounds to the FBI's investigation, which is ridiculous. Quickly, my quick opinion on this is very simple. This judge took the bait. Donald Trump is treated like he is above the law. That's exactly what this is. He is not an everyday person. A special master would never been appointed for an everyday person when it came to you know something serious like this. But it was appointed because he's Donald Trump and he's the former president of the United States. This judge should be ashamed of herself. It's a joke. And now the investigation is halted. And they can't even go into some of these thousands of, of classified documents. Uh, prevents the Justice Department's investigative team from accessing the thousands of documents, some of which are marked as classified, taken from Mar-a-Lago. The judge's name is Eileen Cannon. She cleared the way for a third-party attorney to review all the seized materials. I want to get your legal thoughts on this. Uh, That's my personal opinion. They're treating Donald Trump like he is above the law. Uh, It's absolute nonsense. Obviously, the FBI and Garland, everybody associated with this investigation, uh, is pissed off. And I think what this does is it just halts everything and, uh, you know, makes it in a time not not being able to indict Trump in a timely fashion if that does happen. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I disagree with you, Brian. Uh, I think the ruling was uh, completely grounded in law. And uh, I actually um, if the if the prosecutor, if the if the investigative team and the prosecution in this case didn't expect this to happen, and they, they're surprised by a Rule 41G motion early in the case before they've indicted, uh, then they didn't really think things through, okay? He's got, he's got money. He's got a team of attorneys. This isn't someone who's getting prosecuted by the federal government and can't afford good legal help to look into issues. And this is actually really interesting. I mean, what she said is, number one, the government said this. You don't have jurisdiction to even consider what Trump is saying. You don't have jurisdiction. Well, Rule 41G, prosecutors don't see it a lot, but Rule 41G allows people to move to get their property returned, if it's, even if it's been seized by search warrant. There's a mechanism for it. So then the government says, well, they don't, he doesn't have standing to assert it because one of the big things he's talking about is executive privilege. And she says, uh, the judge goes, well, no, actually... We're not going to say that there's no standing to assert it because the Supreme Court just issued a ruling about executive privilege in Georgia v. Trump just a a few months ago, right? And so executive privilege has never been explored in that regard. 
And so then lastly, it comes down to, well, are you going to make us have the special hearing master? Well, the law is pretty clear. There's a legal framework. There's legal analysis to be done. And it all weighed in favor of letting a special hearing master take a look at all the documents that have been seized and start identifying things for what is not even uh, related to the investigation, this personal property of his, that needs to be returned. Number two, things that could fall under executive privilege. And number three, things that fall under attorney-client privilege. And the judge looks at it, and I read her order, her factual findings. She says... In view of what has been conceded by the government already with regards to this investigation, I can't see how I don't appoint a special hearing master or do it all myself, and I don't have the time to look through all these documents myself to get it done quickly. i got too much to do. And so the law allows her to do that. And what the government conceded was this. They conceded that what we have used is a filter team, so it's a team of prosecutors that aren't going to be part of the investigation team or prosecution team. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at the documents first to filter out all the stuff that Trump is complaining about right now. And we're going to set that aside. We've done that. And we've given it just to this team. And there's a, there's a, this wall. They're walled off. Well, they concede that at least two documents that should have been kept from the investigative team were turned over to the investigative team. So the judge goes, well, just you conceding that some of these documents have made it through the filter is already troubling to me. Number two um, is the appearance of propriety, right? It's not like. And there's case law that says you can't just rely on a filter team to do it. Uh, that sometimes a special hearing master needs to get appointed. Yeah. And she even throws it in the government's face to say the government even moved to appoint a special hearing master in a New York federal case because they were concerned about executive privilege. So to sit down here in Florida and say, I can't believe we've never had a special hearing master requested. It's like, no, there's a lot of law behind it. Yeah. And so then number four was, are you going to stop the investigation? And she goes, well— if we don't stop the investigation for a few weeks to get this sorted out, what's the point of even addressing all these issues you're bringing up? So I'm curious, though, Thomas, as to who this third party is going to be. Are they going to be Trumpers? Uh, I would be concerned about that. While well, that's here's the real interesting thing. So the two sides are going to submit different hearing masters. The judge is going to pull it. Yeah. There's going to be a review. Here's the whole thing, and this is how these constitutional lawyers who are real legal scholars, not the people who are getting on the TV right now mm. who are saying, oh, there's no issue at all. It's just pausing the prosecution for yeah. a second. No, these are huge legal issues that any legal nerd in constitutional law and presidential power mm -hmm. is just salivating at the idea of these things being taken up to the Supreme Court. Every president does a power grab. It's always been going that way throughout time. And so what Donald Trump has done is a huge power grab. And we've never really had things like executive privilege and what the power of the presidency is litigated all the way up to the Supreme Court. The interesting thing is this is where it comes into play of all the court packing that Trump did during his term. If you appeal the ruling of Judge Cannon right now, who I believe is a Trump appointee, it goes up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals down there in Florida. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, I believe, is 11 judges, six of which were appointed by judge to lifetime terms. Even if you lose or win at the, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, where do you go next? The U.S. Supreme Court. And they're going to address presidential power and executive privilege. We already see what the current makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court is. Where do you think they're going to rule? Right. right. And so does all this affect the actual criminal prosecution? It does. But these legal issues are things that do need to be litigated up that the Trump team has probably thought about, not just for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. They've been thinking about this for a couple of years. They've been briefing Trump and doing legal research on executive privilege. But Thomas, for a is this going to make a difference? I mean, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, how does this help Trump in in the long term here? In the long term, as yeah. far as his criminal Con case, yeah. Well, does it do anything? We, we still don't even know if they're ever even going to indict Trump mm -hmm. on these charges. 
right? They wanted to get the documents back, and that was an interesting thing from Judge Cannon, too. She did a big factual finding on what the communications were back and forth leading up to the documents, uh, the raid uh, per search warrant. Mm -hmm. And so they'd been communicating with the National Archives for over a year. Yeah. And they even he even let uh, agents come into the house and search and look at the storage area. Now they're saying he wasn't being upfront about it, so they went and got the search warrant. But it was interesting that the day after they issued the search warrant, Trump's legal team contacts the DOJ and says, how about a special hearing master to look over these documents that he took real quick? Right. They have documents. This is a factual finding. The DOJ says, no, we're not doing it. Well, then the Rule 41G motion comes down two weeks later, and the government's in there going, he didn't bring the Rule 41G motion fast enough. That's one of their arguments. So I'm looking at everything here as this is exactly what's allowed under the law. A criminal case cannot just proceed forward. There's always a lot of legal issues here, and there's a ton of legal issues because it is a former president who was asserting executive privilege. And there's this question of whether Biden is the next president can now waive the former president's executive privilege and allow some things to start happening for uh, a criminal prosecution. It's unprecedented. And this will make it up its way up through the appellate courts. And so the criminal case is going nowhere. You can pause and delay a criminal case by bringing up legal issues, even in the most basic of cases. So when you say it's going nowhere, you're not saying that uh, Trump, nothing's going to happen to Trump. What you're saying is you can't investigate the criminal case. Is that what you're saying? No, you can investigate it, but if you actually file a case in court, right. these legal issues are going to jam things up throughout the appellate courts for years. So this could take a long, long time if, if, even, if, if they even file a case. If they file so a case, So they right. were caught with their pants down because they didn't file a case yet, and they go, hey, Rule 41G motion. And right. they were like, well, there's no jurisdiction. There's no case. Right. That's what a basic prosecutor says who hasn't dealt with 41G. So this could take a long time before we get any anything new in this case moving forward. Well, I don't think the processing of these documents is going to take forever. It'll take two or three months, and then that issue will be solved. But then there's this concept of do you appeal, do you not appeal? Right. And if they never indict, they never indict. But – Trump's team is going to make this an issue of presidential expansion of power. And imagine if this thing is just getting in front of the Supreme Court at the time that he is actually running for re-election. Mm. It's a very complicated issue. So this well, thing of treat him like every other citizen, no, he's a former president. Let's take Trump out of the equation. You have a former president who is asserting executive privilege over documents. Which, who is which, now, is, which, is, which he cannot do in this situation. It's never, it's never been this, – this is a concept that's new. Yeah. It's not often that we have this situation. But there is no executive privilege of uh, – you, you can't just allow a former president to take uh, classified documents uh, to his home. Uh, there's nothing that allows that's him true, to do but that. That's true, but some of the stuff that's in the documents and some of the documents they took, they're claiming yeah. fall under that privilege. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting issue, and at the end of the day – We've never seen a former president prosecuted or investigated in this manner other than Nixon. I will say this, though, Thomas. You used the term unprecedented, and I can't believe I'm going to quote the the turd himself, Bill Barr. Uh, but Bill Barr said, I'll tell you what's also unprecedented. I'm paraphrasing here. He said this, I believe, on Fox News. He said, I'll tell you what's also unprecedented. A former president uh, taking all these uh, classified documents to his home. This is also unprecedented. So while the FBI raid and all this stuff, I agree with you, is unprecedented, what the former president has allegedly done, which I think we all can agree he did do, uh, was take classified documents to his home, which is against the law. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. Um, I want to read you a little bit from Hillary Clinton, who I think is going to be running for president. I could be wrong on that. But Hillary Clinton is kind of burning Donald Trump on Twitter. Here's what she said. I can't believe we're still talking about this, but my emails. As Trump's problems continue to mount, 
The right is trying to make this about me again. There's even a Clinton standard. The fact is that I had zero emails that were classified. Comey admitted he was wrong after he claimed I had classified emails. Trump's own State Department, under two different secretaries, found I had no classified emails. That's right, zero. By contrast, Trump has hundreds of documents clearly marked classified, and the investigation just started. I'm more tired of talking about this than anyone, but here we are. And then she puts uh, the facts in 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 an article. Uh, I got to say... She's right. There was no evidence put forth that proved that Hillary Clinton had any classified documents through email. Comey did apologize. She's right. This is not the same situation, and we're not even talking about a server. That'd be bad enough if classified documents were on a server. We're talking about actual documents with cover uh, letters at Mar-a-Lago. 15 boxes of documents. This has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. And I know this is political here, but this has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, was investigated eight times when it came to Benghazi by Republicans. By Republicans. They found no evidence of any wrongdoing that would be criminal. Same thing with her server and the alleged you know, documents that, that were classified, which they weren't. The head of the FBI apologized, probably cost her the election against Donald Trump, if you recall what Comey did a week before the election. A lot of people blame him for that. This has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton, but look at the shiny object in the room. That's what Donald Trump is doing. He wants to talk about the Hillary emails. He wants to talk about Hunter Biden. That's what Republicans do. What about Hillary? What about this? It's called whataboutism. And I hear what you're saying from a legal standpoint, you know, and a lot of the stuff you're talking about is obviously, I don't know. I don't have that uh, experience that you have with all this stuff. And, and you're, you're probably right. I mean, this is going to take a long time. It's just going to delay things even further. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see how this thing plays out. But this is not Hillary Clinton. This has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. Uh, this has nothing to do with Hunter Biden. This has nothing to do with Biden's DOJ. In fact, the head of the FBI happens to be a Trump appointee who's a Republican. Number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, 702-221-7283. Joining me in studio, the former district attorney of Las Vegas. Of course, I'm talking about Thomas Moskal. Take your phone calls now. Again, 221-7283. Let's go to John, John, what's going on? Hey, man. What's up, John? Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Every time I think I like you, Thomas, you go and pull a diatribe like you just did. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Just legal analysis on the uh, legal framework that a judge has to analyze an issue. All I heard was hogwash. Look, I mean, the the elements of the crime he's guilty of are very simple. It's binding case law in the 11th Circuit, and that's where they're bringing the motion. I mean, it's it's binding case law on the judge. Okay, Who, who brought the motion? Yeah, Trump. Right. Did the Department of Justice ever follow any documents in that court? They have jurisdiction because that's where that's where the whole search happened. He's, okay, filing, in, he's maybe, filing in the court that has jurisdiction. You think maybe there's jurisdiction in Washington D.C. too? Well, I mean that's where the crime took place, right? What's your what's look, your... look? Here's the deal. All right, Florida. This this judge is a Trump nut. She's a Cuban right wing radical right wing Trump nut, and, and, and Trump went form. There's no Trump went form shopping. There's no surprise that he picked her to file that motion. None whatsoever. So look, the Justice Department needs to get her out of the equation, and, and, and screw grand jury. Just file criminal charges against him in Washington D.C. Period. Merrick Garland needs to grow a set of cojones and stop being afraid of his shadow, and file criminal charges, no grand jury, 
right away in Washington, D.C. and eliminate this clown judge in Florida. Thomas, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, like I said, you know, if they're ever actually going to file charges is a decision that hasn't even been made yet. I mean, they're just trying to get the documents back and look at what they're doing. Look, once you file criminal charges, the clock is on. These same challenges are going to be made. They're going to be made under the Fourth Amendment. Motions to suppress. That's right. The That's same, fine. This, the same thing's going to happen, and it's going to get appealed up. And, like, look, this is a very interesting case for a lot of law to come out of. A lot of what Trump's done is getting appealed up. And that's why it's a concern when you elect a president that's allowed to pack courts. And we know there's going to be vacancies. And ultimately, where all this presidential power and investigating mm-hmm. the president, all this case goes to, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to look at it. Why? Because he's not a normal citizen. He's a former president who's considering reelection, And the U.S. Supreme Court's going to weigh in on this. And we have an incredibly conservative court that just issued a decision a couple months ago that nobody <laughs> talked about because they want to talk about all the other big cases that came down the pipeline, but they made a real big decision in Georgia versus Trump about executive privilege and the fact that a, a new president like Biden cannot waive Trump's old executive privilege. With that case law now in place, all his executive privilege arguments are going to be heard out and appealed all the way up the chain. So the criminal case is not going anywhere to any kind of resolution for a long, long time, if they even file it. John, quickly, I'll give you the last word. Go ahead. As far as crimes go, Thomas, are the elements of having classified documents on your person outside of a skiff or outside of uh, any protected area, uh, are, those, are those elements of that crime complicated? They're extremely simplistic, the elements right? of a crime are, no The elements it. of a crime are never complicated, but the legal issues that spring forth from, from statute and case law that need to be addressed in a criminal case prior to ever going to trial on it, they are everywhere and the fact that the normal citizen in a normal case doesn't get an attorney who wants to put his time and effort into actually litigating all those little cases and just pleads people guilty or just goes to trial without even filing one motion i'm sorry donald trump has a wealth of resources at his disposal to fight this and guess what there's a lot of attorneys that want to take these constitutional issues up they're very interesting for the legal nerds well i'll say this and john i do appreciate the call both of you can be right here john i agree with you This is a Trump appointee in this specific situation. This is an attorney who probably is a Trumper, who probably uh, would have done just about anything to be on Donald Trump. Something we've never seen before. He's going into a courtroom with some—a president appoints a judge, Mm -hmm. appoints—the reviewing court for them is over half of them were appointed by Trump. And the reviewing court for them is the U.S. Supreme Court, which we've seen he's appointed a few. But the court is definitely leaning towards protecting the But by the the way, the judge didn't agree on everything. Um, She didn't agree with uh, Trump's arguments, or at least his legal team, that there had been a callous disregard for his constitutional rights with the search. Uh, The judge did not agree with that, at least. But I think you both can be right. Yeah, that's the first factor. They're they're saying, like, look, they went and got a search warrant. Mm -hmm. That's not a callous disregard of your constitutional rights, but that's one factor under the the analysis to consider— whether or not you're going to even consider a Rule 41G motion. And you're always going to get your 41G motion heard by a judge. It's going to be very interesting the next couple of years because, you know, will, will, will this be done by the 2024 uh, presidential elections? It could certainly have some say in who is the next president. I don't know if that's going to happen. I tend to think that Donald Trump is not going to run, or if he does run, eventually he'll back out. But This is going to be very, very interesting. The fact that Hillary Clinton is going on Twitter this morning and defending her email situation, again, leads me to believe that it is very, very possible that Hillary Clinton will be running for president uh, again uh, this time for 2024. I think Gavin Newsom— They're going to run it back? They're going to run it back, um, Trump versus Clinton, one more time? Listen, remember that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. I'll tell you what. When they do that floor debate— 
if he starts hovering over again, she better have an answer this time. She I, better have an answer. <laughs> I ultimately I ultimately think it's going to be either Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis. Listen, I understand two years, anything could happen. we got a long time. But I think it's either going to be Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis or Hillary Clinton versus Ron DeSantis, if I had to guess. I would find it hard to believe, although the way Republicans are these days, especially the alt-right, uh, you never know. But I would find it hard to believe that they would want to put Donald Trump back up there in a presidential election. I think he probably will run, but he will back out and he'll come up with some excuse. Maybe it'll be bone spurs. I don't know. But uh, that's what I think is going to happen. I think Ron DeSantis, even though I can't stand him, I think he's an evil dictator. But with that being said, notice, though, how I didn't call him Hitler or a Nazi well, well, like so many well, Republicans well, do when it comes me, to Biden. I mean, you're like, what, 100 percent from the field, you said, on this stuff? Uh, when it comes nominee? to presidential elections, not the nominees. only one, the not only nominees, not nominees, but okay. the only election I ever got wrong was Hillary versus Trump. Okay. It's the only one I ever got so, wrong. So Donald Trump's going to make the call if he wants to run or not, and you're right. like, oh, I think he'll withdraw. What would motive? What would be his motivation, given what you know about that man, mm-hmm. to go? I'm not going for it because he thinks he knows that he's going to lose. He knows that it's not going to be good for him because in the long term, he's going to lose. And there's nothing Donald Trump hates more than being a loser. I believe Donald Trump expected he was going to lose when he ran in 2016, but he did it for one reason and one reason only, to get his name out there. It was good for his brand. And then when he started to believe that, hey, I might have a chance, then something rang in his head and he continued to get more donations and more money. But Donald Trump, just like 99% of society, did not think that he was going to be our next president. And then he won. And you see the shock on his face when he went in to see Obama. And he was, he was in shock for a couple of weeks. Uh, and now uh, I don't think he would, he would run again. And I think he would probably lose if it was between him and DeSantis right now. Right now, if it started tomorrow. There's too much him over. DeSantis? Yeah, uh, primary. The oh, primaries. the primary. If it was between him and DeSantis, I think DeSantis would win. I don't care what polls say. Uh, DeSantis, while I can't stand the man, he's a better speaker, certainly more intelligent. Uh, he still has a lot of the, the alt-right views, but he's younger, uh, probably a better speaker, maybe wouldn't get the draw that a Donald Trump still gets, but there's too much lingering over Donald Trump by now, and I think most Republicans— but they well, still don't want to separate themselves. Yeah. Liz Cheney didn't even get reelected because well, she separated herself from Trump. Yeah, because you got a uh, you got a lot of idiots in Wyoming. Oh, okay. Uh, I okay. mean, you, you look at the the woman who uh, you know they were saying that when the 2016 election the yeah. results were trickling in. Yeah. There was a lot of idiots. There's just a lot of idiots. That's what they were well, saying. There are. There's a lot. There's a lot of idiots in this world. What do you want me to say? There's you a lot know? of idiots today that would and still vote for Donald Trump. I, yes, I think you're all idiots. Uh, if if you, at this point you think Donald Trump should be our president, and that's why this whole thing about you know the criminal case on what he wants, the issues he wants to put forth. Yeah, it, it's it's incredible because he showed that he has packed these courts and the decisions that have affected our society already coming through. Yeah. I mean, recently we see the effect of that. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people who would support Trump who are not necessarily idiots. They just have an ideological view on one of these big issues. Let's say they're pro-life, and they go, "Oh man, look what Trump did." He got those people on the court, and they they overruled that longstanding precedent. Yeah. So, you know, people vote down one issue or two issues, and so he really brings a lot into the fold. And I disagree with you. I think this guy is – at this point in his life, you think he's like, oh, I can't run and lose. I can't take the risk of losing. This guy's a risk taker, man. 
He's a risk taker. I don't think you were, he has this fear of losing that you think he has. I think he's like, I, com- I want to do something bigger completely. than I ever did before. You don't think he has a fear in losing, then why is it in two? I disagree with you. Why in 2016, months before the election, was he telling people that elections were rigged because he thought Hillary was going to win and he didn't w- want to be a loser? There's nobody w- wants to lose uh, less than Donald Trump. He did the same thing in 2020. He knows that he lost the election. He did it in 2016, preparing people that. In case he loses, he's like, okay, well, I have an excuse. I'm going to say the elections are rigged. Then all of a sudden he wins over the next three years. But isn't that perfect for a person who doesn't want to be perceived as a loser? He's just hedging his Well, that's my point. You're making my point for me. He hates to lose. He doesn't want to lose. But my point is this. Can't do it again. That doesn't mean he's going to say, I'm withdrawing. I mean – what is the perception of that? It's like, yo, you are you that scared? I don't know he if he's wanna, going to run. He doesn't want to be perceived as scared. I'll tell you that, man. No. He's an egomaniac. Man. Well, you know, uh, anybody who dodges the military to me, that's the definition of, 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 of a coward. Uh, anybody with his history, and, and you just look at the history of besides dodging the military, but a lot of other things he's done uh, in and out of the courtroom. Uh, right now, uh, if I guess this is a poll that's out from Interactive Polls. I've never heard of it before. But I guess if Biden ran uh, at, at, at right now, if, if it was today, uh, he would have 44 percent to Biden's 39 percent. I don't put much. Uh, I, I don't believe this poll at all. I don't believe independents would vote for Trump over Biden. I don't I don't believe that one bit. But by the way, Donald Trump put this out. Donald Trump is the one on, on Truth Social. Yeah, but this is how it works. Then Absolute you put it, nonsense. You, then you just read the statistic on yeah. the air. Yeah, but, and but, now people... You know, they just heard that statistic. And Donald Trump puts it. out one poll that is in favor of him. It's like some of these morons, like Adam Laxalt put out a poll, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago that's saying he was leading. And, I, and I, I put posts underneath and I say, where are you getting this from? Every every logical person knows you're not going to win. If Trump ran against Biden even today, I can tell you right now, and Biden's had a pretty good couple months, Trump would not win. Uh, by the way, because we got to take a break, but but I, wa- I want to go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, as far as uh, a Trump voter who's already yeah. voted Trump, yeah. do you think they're being persuaded by anything that's going on? Persuaded by anything that's going on? To go, on. I'm going to vote yes. I'm gonna vote on the other side. Yes. You do think that. Uh, well, no, I think, yes. Uh, well, first of all, I think the ones that would still vote for Donald Trump are being persuaded by by Fox News, the Sean Hannity idiots well, yeah. of the world. I mean, that's the way, that, that's the way it's turned. Uh, to any logical person, I think most people would say, uh, look at the legal problems that Trump is, is under. Look at the election lies, the election deniers out there, the division of the country. Do you remember that, that the thing down in Texas when we talked about the governor? Yeah. And how that guy is yeah. still winning elections, and he's been under criminal— He has had charges piled against well, I know. him for I a know. decade. I know. But at this point, uh, <laughs> even though I can't stand DeSantis, if somebody out there thinks that Trump is the guy for the Republican Party and and, and you're a MAGA, as Biden said, you're one of those MAGA Republicans, I have zero MAGA. respect. See, that's zero the, respect see, that's the for thing. you. See, Biden, the Dems, they don't know how, they don't know how to move merch. <laughs> you know, like Trump does. You know, that MAGA hat was iconic, right? It was well, iconic. I mean, it's the last thing you put on before you leave the house. I and call a person, it, you see a guy out there wearing a MAGA hat, you go, yeah. man, he doesn't care about anything today. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if I'd use <laughs> the term. How hard do I want my day to be? I'm going to put a hat on. All right, I'm But that's what out. Trump does. He sells, he's a snake oil salesman. Yeah. He has these logos. He sells the MAGA stuff. And, you know, maybe he's using it for Melania Trump's next uh, breast implants. I don't know. But all I'm saying is he's a snake oil salesman, 
And I stand by what I say. I know a lot of people that voted for Trump in 2016. You know, Joe Walsh being one of them who comes on this show all the time. And, you know, I know a lot of people like Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, that's the vote that put him over. Yeah, I mean. That uh, one vote? No. It could be. It could be. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are reasonable Republicans that did vote for Donald Trump in 2016 that would not vote for him now, that didn't vote for him in 2020. I don't know how you could have voted for him twice. Uh, You know, I, I just I don't understand it. And I don't know how. You could vote for him now. That's why Joe Biden said MAGA, MAGA Republicans, those people out there that are election deniers, that are despicable people, that are liars, or they're so ignorant they don't even know what they're saying when it comes to the election. Those are the people that Joe Biden was talking about. But if you watch Fox News, they'll make it out that Donald, like uh, Joe Biden was calling all Republicans that, which couldn't be further from the truth. MAGA Republicans are different than regular conservative Republicans. And Joe Biden made that distinction, but if you watch Newsmax and Fox News, it's interesting. They'll call Joe Biden the divider when every single day— His his name rhymes more with it. <laughs> that's true, but every no, single— I mean, it is. Uh, uh, I don't care— That's how, all it takes. That's how Donald Trump operates. He goes, man, no matter, Biden, divider, but, rhymes to me. Let's do it. But no matter what the <laughs> gas prices were under Trump, no matter what the gas prices were, no matter how much you're paying for eggs now uh, back when you know Trump was president— the bottom line is Donald Trump divided this country more than any president we've ever had. That is just a fact, both racially, in my opinion, and politically. So if you're going to call Joe Biden a divider, don't sit there and tell me that you voted for Donald Trump because you have zero credibility. All right, we're going to take a break. Went a little long there. Uh, he's Thomas Moskal, the former DA here of Clark County. I'm Brian Shapiro. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to make uh, a little bit of a, I guess you could call it an update on the Marshawn Lynch DUI, but it's not what you think. I'll explain coming up next. You're listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. My J Supreme is the first national three-point contest where the finale ends right here in Las Vegas on Saturday, September 10th at Durango High School. On Championship Saturday, there's going to be $25,000 cash on the line. Winners from across the country will compete for the grand prize. Go watch and support the great cause, which is to raise money for community and gun violence intervention programs. There'll be an interactive fan contest where you can win cash and gift cards. Go to MyJSupreme.com for more details. Again, MyJSupreme.com. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, coming up, how many times could I say, by the way, in 10 seconds? Let's see. By the way, by the way. By the way, by the way, Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports, will be joining us coming up in hour number two. Preview of big game four, Aces. Trying to close it out in the series against Seattle. Selfishly, I want a game five back here in Vegas. We'll talk about that. we got Thomas Moskal in the studio. Uh, I want to tell you, you know, I was just talking about my love life over the weekend. I got I to say, I, I owe a lot of credit to Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They got me on the testosterone therapy. Now, you might say Brian is an 18-year-old mentally, and you would be right on that, but now sexually as well. So, you know, uh, that's a good combo right there. Maybe the mental part isn't good, but, you know. Anyway, I... I haven't uh, seen a stretch like that since Wilt in 64, man. Wilt. How many people did Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> say? Didn't he slept with how many women, did he say? 20,000, 20, man. 20,000. Wow. But you know his... Uh, Wilt you know, the Stilt, literally the guy he's always compared to Bill Russell. You know, Bill Russell came out and said, 20,000, no way. No Wilt, way. Wilt, and Bill Russell said, 3,500 from me. I'm going to be realistic with you. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill to, Russell's so humble very, know, compared to Wilt. Very humble. Um, <laughs> I met Wilt Chamberlain back in uh, the Catskills in New York. Uh, not a very nice person. I'll leave it at that. Miserable. But... Uh, you know, hey, maybe it's because he was sleeping with too many women and it made him miserable. I don't know. But anyway, going back to Sarah West Urgent Primary Care, they take most insurances. And if you don't have insurance, $95 self-pay. You don't even need an appointment. They're located at 6125 West Sarah Avenue. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You could visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. So since we have the former uh, DA Sahara here. Sahara Urgent West, that's where you get your tea. That's where I get my t- testosterone. Brian the yeah. Stilt. 
Shapiro. Brian the Stilt. Uh, maybe not 20,000 women in my life. Maybe 20, not 20,000. Uh, that might be a little low. But 20? anyway, that's another. You're disgusting. Uh, in the last week. You are. D- oh, 20. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway. Man. Let's get to some serious stuff here before everyone in their car vomits. But, uh, you know, he. He's a DUI attorney, Thomas, and of, co- and of course, top prosecutor here for DUIs when he was the DA. And, and we've been talking a lot about this Marshawn Lynch situation. If you don't know, you know, last month uh, he's sleeping in his car. Uh, police officers say he smells of alcohol. He gets charged with DUI. Don't know what's going to happen there. But now we had t- uh, TMZ's Mike Babcock on last week. Why? Well, six months earlier, prior, uh, he crashes his Lamborghini, leaves the scene of the accident. And by the way, he crashed it up pretty good. It's amazing nobody was seriously hurt. Uh, his fall guy was his friend who was there and claimed he was driving the car, which was a lie. Then Marshawn Lynch shows up three days later, and he's asked, why did you leave the scene of the crash? And he claimed it in the middle of the night, people were taking his picture on the side of a road, which, by the way, was also a lie. Because if that was true, some of these videos and pictures would have popped up. It would have been, been sold to TMZ. Marshawn Lynch is a liar, and I believe he was probably on something, and he was probably drunk on this side road where he crashes his Lamborghini. What are your thoughts on this story? Because Marshawn's attorneys, of course, celebrity attorneys, uh, are basically saying that this is a non-story. That's what they said. They said Marshawn addressed this matter uh, many months ago, and he was found responsible for a parking violation, which is true, actually. Uh, But we don't know if he was on anything, and, and, and leaving the scene of an accident is a serious thing. What do you make of this? Well, you're, everything always gets knocked down to a parking violation here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Review Journal has done a lot of work on that, and I've been personally involved, and I've seen it for years. Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing about the prior crash, the only factor it plays in this current case is the prosecutor is going to know that, like you said, most likely he crashed his car. He probably was DUI. We can never prove it. Mm-hmm. But you just know that in the back of your head when you're deciding whether you're going to try to get the DUI conviction on him here or you're going to cut him a break. And like I said— the case itself right here is kind of weak for the prosecution. Marshawn's case is a weak case for the prosecution here for all those reasons we've talked about. But this old one will be inadmissible. It's inadmissible at Marshawn Lynch's trial. It can never come in. I mean, you can barely prove what happened that night other than just go, well, common sense says that he must have been DUI. That's why he left the scene. Uh, but you can never bring that in at trial. How is it that he gets a slap on the wrist? Isn't leaving the scene this? of a crash very serious? How about this? Even if he was DUI, mm-hmm. convicted of DUI six months ago, you would not be able to bring that in at his current DUI Which, trial. by the way, I find I understand that's the law. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it. I find that completely ridiculous. And I also find if you leave the scene of a crash— we should assume that you were drunk. We should assume that you were on drugs. And I know the law doesn't work that way, but why didn't he get charged with a more serious crime? He crashes his Lamborghini, leaves the scene, doesn't call police that night. That's another thing, by the way. He's a liar. There weren't people taking video and pictures of him. That's a lie. And he waits three days to go to the traffic department and own up to it. Why didn't he call police an hour later? Why didn't he call police when his boys picked him up? Why didn't he say, hey, people were taking pictures of me. I crashed my car. Because he was drunk. That's why. Just like he was drunk last month. He's going to kill somebody. Definitely indicates that there's more going on with Marshawn Lynch than what we initially yeah. suspected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. I mean, I don't know what's going on in his life. He's not adjusting to life very well. But I have a concern just as a citizen that you got a guy who's DUI a lot out there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Why? Uh, this is the thing that really bothers me. Even let's assume he wasn't drunk, which I believe he was six months ago, and I believe he was drunk last month as well. Why? Why didn't they 
charge him with a more serious crime. I thought if you leave the scene of an accident, it's a very serious crime and you can be no, charged. No, no? If, if no one's hurt. Yeah. If someone's hurt or killed or even just hurt a little bit and you leave the scene, you're going – Nevada law says it's mandatory prison two, yeah. to, two to 20 years. So you'll yeah. be doing at least two years in prison if convicted yeah. on that because that does assume that you were drunk and you yeah. were leaving the scene. That's why they did it. But with the misdemeanor, it, hit and run with just property damage is a misdemeanor. It yeah. can be punished by $1,000 or six months in jail maximum. You yeah. never see that. DUI's got the same penalty. No. Six months in jail, $1,000 fine. You don't see the jail time most yeah. of the time. So it's really the same penalty. These are misdemeanor offenses. Yeah. Do we have somebody named Marshawn on the line, Numchuck? Is that is that who we have on the line? Uh, Mar- Marshawn, is this true? Uh, do you agree that uh, you left the scene of the crash because people were taking your pictures? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I appreciate your honesty there. Oh, uh, he, because yeah. you got him to admit that because got, he's sticking to his story about the pictures. He's sticking to it. Yeah. 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 He is. He is. Um, but he did get fined, didn't he? Did you have anything to do yeah. that night? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Good. I'm, just, we, I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Breaking news. I'll send that to TMZ. So you called your friend in to <laughs> take responsibility for a crime he didn't commit? I'm here, so I won't get fined. <laughs> That's oh, actually true. Oh, He's being honest. <laughs> you're not even going to answer that one, huh? Okay. <laughs> That's true. He didn't want to get fined. By the way, big <laughs> fine for Marshawn. I think he got fined like... Seven hundred and fifty dollars or something for the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, thank you. And seven hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, for the parking violation. I believe so. I think so. I think so. I could be wrong on that. I think he can afford that. Boy, how many vehicles is this guy uh, just obliviated, man? It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, six months ago, a Lamborghini, pretty nice car. Last month that he just completely. I'll totaled. tell you, man. If I was driving a Lamborghini, <laughs> I'd be so careful in that thing. This guy's just spinning out. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, he's going to kill somebody, man. And I don't care how much charity work he's done. And I don't care what football player he was, great or not. I don't care. He could have been a third-rate punter for all I care. fact of the matter is, is that it's just a matter of time before he's going to kill somebody. And the problem I have with the laws, and, and, and you know, if you have money, you get these celebrity attorneys and they get you off. You know, I said the same thing about Josh Jacobs. I mean, clearly the guy had was probably drunk. Didn't get a DUI, though, even though the officer who arrested him said he smelled of alcohol and he totaled his the car. The testing came back under the limit. Yeah. I mean, when, when I mean, was this it? Is, and this is what we talked about before. Do you think that Josh Jacobs or Marshawn Lynch should be treated harsher than anybody else in that situation? And I'm telling you, in a misdemeanor DUI, given the proof issues in Marshawn's case, if it wasn't Marshawn Lynch and it wasn't in the media, he's getting a, he's getting cut a break to a reckless driving on this. There's too many issues in the case. So if they move forward with it, it is specifically because of who he is. Now, obviously, it's not fair if you treat somebody differently under the law. I understand that. With that being said, when you are a role model to a lot of people and it comes with the territory of being a celebrity or somebody with a lot of money, a prominent person, a lot of people look up to you. And when you see somebody like that get a slap on the wrist, the problem I have is that a lot of other people out there are going to think, oh, I can do the same thing and nothing's going to happen to me, and that's when people die. Does does that mean that you should be treated differently under the law? But I'll tell you, people are treated differently under the law when they have money. Well, that's one aspect of sentencing. That yeah. is, there's a public deterrence perspective. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, with a celebrity who's in the news, yeah. maybe you do go a little harder on him under that sentencing theory so that people out there see it. They yeah. see it in the news. They go, wow, Marshawn Lynch got a DUI conviction. They actually put him in jail for six months? I better not do DUI. Well, I'm going to – listen, sense. you're going to probably disagree with me, and I know this is what you do for a living, but this is my personal opinion. I'm going to assume that Marshawn Lynch was drunk both occasions. I'm going to assume, and I think it's a very fair assumption, I know his attorneys would disagree with me, that he has a drinking problem. 
With all this being said, he's very lucky that nobody was hurt. Let's make the further assumption. These two incidents are not the only time that he's been driving Agreed. around under the influence. Very fair to say that, and you're absolutely right, and I agree with you. He's probably been driving a vehicle drunk for a while now. He's caught a couple times in Las Vegas, only because he crashed his vehicle both times. Right. My personal opinion, he should not be allowed to drive a car for a year. You don't want to give him jail time? Fine. He cannot drive a car for a year. Put him on probation, and for the next year, while he's getting rides everywhere, which clearly he can afford, he's got tons of money, tens of millions of dollars, while, let him think about that for the next year. Forget about jail time. Just take his license away for a year. Now, I know that's not going to happen because I call it the injustice system, and he's got money, and we can talk about these well, cases no, and the evidence. I understand all that, what you're saying. No, he's going to come back over the limit, most likely, and there's no rule against it. The DMV is going to suspend his license. How long here. do you think, though? Yeah. A couple months. <laughs> no, it will be at least six Glad months. Glad Marshawn It will be at least six months, and okay. he'd have to get a breath interlock device on his car to I, be able I want to drive. That, that needs to happen. Uh, and that so need, there is going to be a license suspension. That needs to happen. Shouldn't that be on every car? Just yeah. honestly? I think it would save a lot of lives, but here's the problem with that. You have somebody else in the car with you that's not drunk. They can breathe on it, and then right, and then the driver can start the car and drive the car, right? That's uh, allegedly, that could happen. Yeah, so I mean, that's know? I mean, well, not allegedly. Prosecutors argued that sometimes. It definitely happens. You know? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm all for making. You're supposed it. to take a picture. Honestly, the breath interlock takes a picture of you as you're pulling yeah. into. It. It's recorded. Yeah. So if somebody else is doing that, it's not really hard. And if you're not, yeah. if you don't have any face in the picture, yeah, that's a violation too. And so we have violated people's like, well, how come your face isn't in the picture? Uh, one more question for Marshawn before we let him go. Marshawn, um, is it true that you are just a complete? drunken buffoon who should not be on the roads in las vegas is that true yeah thank you okay i just wanted to clear that up that's all all right we can move on now not fair guilty enough. fair enough beast mode not guilty in this one i'm sorry i know people <laughs> yeah, are mad about yeah, that because people were taking your picture in the middle of the night on a side road uh, amongst trees yeah i'm sure that i'm sure that's what happened you freaking liar what a liar this guy is i don't care the charity work old he does. sicilian proverb the yeah. prisons are full of honest yeah. men interesting people were taking video and pictures of you but none of it is surfaced on running yeah, I'm from sure. the running yeah. from the scene of a crime is yeah. only a bad idea yeah when you get caught yeah yeah take that guy's cell phone fbi take his take his cell phone and let's see his boys that he called up or texted hey pick me up i'm in a jam yeah yeah i'm sure you weren't drunk marshawn uh, to his celebrity attorneys, you're doing an injustice. And what is what happens, you know, what happens if Marshawn Lynch is back on the road again one day? And I don't want this to happen, but, you know, he kills a member of somebody's family. Maybe David, and I don't want this to happen, God forbid. But if it's a member of David Chesnoff's family or Richard Schoenfeld's family, you got him off. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. I understand, and you're one of these people where it's your job to defend your client to the best but of your ability. I get that. let me ask you that. this. Do you think... Him getting convicted of DUI or him getting convicted of reckless driving is going to make a difference in his life that he is now going to make the right choice every time? You know what? It's a good question, and I will answer that when we come back because we have to take a break. I think that's a good question. Also, taking your phone calls at 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 221-7283. He's Thomas Moskal. I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll take a quick break. I will answer that question, which is a good one when we come back. You're listening to Pushing Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. So glad that you could join us. 
Tomorrow on the show, by the way, Brian Salmon from Channel 3. King anchor Mr. B. Sal joining us. Hopefully we'll be talking about an Aces victory. Michelle Mortensen going to be joining us in the studio, the eight-time Emmy winner uh, here in Vegas, joining me in the studio as well. Oh, by the way, I hope you all can join me Monday night. I got a lot of parties. I got like three football parties to go to the next week. It's a tough job. Somebody's got to do it. This Monday night, I am lucky enough to be hosting Monday Night Football, partying it up at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. This is so cool, man. Thomas, they have this great viewing room in there. They have, they're going to have an open bar from 4 to 7 p.m., a great buffet. I'm not talking about the buffet from, like, Vegas Vacation. Hey, I'll take a little bit of the green, a little bit of the yellow. No, not that kind of buffet. 25 bucks. That's like one drink at Zeusk or whatever that club that I went to the other day. It's like one. I got a Red Bull there. It was like $12, man. What the hell is going on in society? What's the seltzer water cost? $8? Ridiculous. Anyway. $10 for a Red Bull this weekend? It was ridiculous. Wow. No. it was. That's I, what happens when you hang out with I, billionaires, man. I was with a friend of mine who ordered a Coke. I got a uh, Red Bull. It was $25. Fifteen for the, 17 for the Coke? Yeah. Do I get a... a <laughs> Do I get a ten? Do I get a ten-minute massage with that? Like, what, what's what's going on, man? Anyway, at Sapphire, twenty-five dollars. And you know, sometimes at a gentleman's club, I heard you just put a twenty-dollar bill down. You said keep the change. The bartender was looking at you like you were from space. <laughs> no, I left twenty. Then when they saw you go up to the, I gave her four dollars. Best table in the club behind the DJ booth. They were like, "How this guy thought twenty dollars was going to cover this Red Bull and Coke? How's he up at that table?" <laughs> That's funny. Not a gentle, Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, though, because, uh, you know, at some gentlemen's clubs, drinks can be very, very pricey. But if you just pay to get in $25 for your ticket here, uh, not only do you get to meet yours truly, Brian Shapiro, and all the, the friends of the show will be there on Monday night, but you also get an open bar 4 to 7 p.m. and some great food at the buffet there and watch a great game, Monday night football game. What which time does the game start? Broncos and Seahawks. I, I could be wrong, but I think that game's around 5 o'clock, 5.15 okay. our time. Uh, again, that's Monday, September 12th, uh, first Monday night football game of the year. Please join us at Sapphire Gentlemen's Clubs. We love it there. Well, I shouldn't say we. I don't know if Thomas likes it there, but I certainly... Never been, never uh, been. I, I like it, too. What is this place? Um, it's... Uh, just expect a Chippendale show when you walk in there. Yeah, that's what you'll see. No, I'm just kidding. It, it's you know a gentleman's what, club, right? You know what Sapphire is. You know exactly what it is. You're, you're gentlemen only. You're jerking my chain. You know, no, it's not gentlemen only. I brought women in there, and it's been a fun night. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's been a fun night, my friend. Uh, okay, quick story since you you uh, reminded me of this. I had a friend from Connecticut, beautiful girl. This was like maybe I don't know, ten years ago, and. I was finally going to go out with her, and, and she came out here to visit me, and I was tremendously attracted to her. She goes, I want to see, like, a, a half-naked guy show. You know, I want to see, like, Chippendales or something. And she found the show, not me. It's a show called Naked Boys Singing. Now, I thought it was like a Chippendales show, right? I, I don't know. Because I've been to the Chippendales, right? And it's like, you know, whatever. They're, they got their shirt off, and it's tasteful. It's not disgusting for a straight man to look at, I don't think. But this Naked Boy singing show is exactly what it is. And we were like five feet from the stage with their dinglings dangling. And there's like 15 guys up there and they're making out with each other. So there was some some of that element to it as well. She didn't find that attractive. Most women don't find, you know, that attractive. She didn't like it. I didn't like it. But we stayed throughout the whole show. And it was it was really it was all due respect to what they were doing. It wasn't something that I enjoyed very much. and Neither did my date. So I looked at her, I said, okay, you just punished me. That was 90 minutes of torture. We're going to Sapphire now. 
So we went to Sapphire. Let's just say the night got a lot better. Got a lot better. And it was a, it was a fun evening. We'll put it at that. But I uh, heard, though, <laughs> that deep, deep down, and you might even put this in your journal at one point. I don't, I don't that, do a journal. I'm too part, lazy. Part of you did like it. But you no, never want to do it, admit it no, to yourself. No, that's just what I heard. No, that's just no, what I heard. I don't man. know. Deep, don't, deep, deep. It's fake deep, news. Deep down, no, it's fake news. Uh, you must have heard that on <laughs> CNN. It's fake news. But uh, no, I did not enjoy it actually. In fact, I. What is this? What are we playing here? <laughs> Where do you find this? Oh my god! <laughs> what is that? What? How do you find a song like that? There's a song called My Dingling. Please yeah, it's from, it's from Please Chuck Berry. <laughs> how, how do you find that song? How do you even You're know about that? You're a freak. How do you that? find Yeah, how do you know about that? Like, how is it that no What Chuck, algorithm? Oh, Brian just said the word <laughs> dingling. I got to go on YouTube and find a song called this, Dingling. This, is that what just happened? I, no, Chuck I know about this song. Out. Yeah, he knew it. He knew it. Well, please don't pull it out. We don't want that to happen. Somehow, whatever he searches on Google and YouTube, the algorithm fed him that song at one point. Anyway, my dingling was very happy at the end of the evening. And now that everybody's just vomited in their mouth, we can move on. But um, speaking of of dingling, um, or there's other words I could describe Marshawn Lynch. But you had asked me a pretty good question uh, last segment. Yeah, if Marshawn is convicted of DUI or he's convicted of reckless driving and cut the proverbial break, do you think it makes a difference in Marshawn's decision-making in the future? It could, and here's why I say it could. I don't know for sure. There are, As you know this, there are people out there that learn their lesson that say, hey, I really screwed up. I just got a DUI on my record. I better not do it again. But if somebody doesn't get that first DUI on their record, they know that for the most part, unless you don't injure or kill somebody, you know this better than anybody, if you get that first DUI, you're going to be okay. Just don't do it again, for the most part. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I'm generalizing here. In my experience, yes, it's this. When someone gets involved in the criminal system, regardless of the outcome, if they get a DUI or reckless driving, a lot of those people will not be DUI again because their experience with the criminal system was just too harrowing for them. Mm-hmm. And for the people, that experience doesn't do that for them. The conviction doesn't matter for them. Oh, and you They're might be right. And you might so. be right, but that's why I answer the question by saying possibly I don't know. I think it would be a good thing for anybody driving that uh, – obviously you're a defense attorney, but it's a good thing for anybody that is clearly guilty to have that DUI on the record. It's not going to deter everybody. I understand that. And, and listen, we can talk about the law. And I, I personally believe if you are convicted of a DUI, regardless of whether you hurt somebody or not, mandatory – Put him in jail for a month. I mean, I'm, I know that's I know that's harsh, but when but. we were when we were the prosecutor's office, we'd say this. You go, the statistics they've done studies on this stuff, mm-hmm. looking at recidivism, and people who get their first DUI, whether it results in a conviction or not, yeah, over like it's overwhelming, like 90 percent or higher, never go DUI again because yeah. of that. And then the people that do, that small percentage of them, the overwhelming majority of that small percentage. We'll never stop. Give me a mandatory we'll jail sentence. If they'll you get are, a DUI second, a DUI third. I, they'll come out of that. They'll get another felony DUI. They'll go to prison. They'll still be DUI. That's just the way it works. Perhaps, but I do believe that if we change the laws in this country and that if you get a DUI and you are not charged but convicted with a DUI, you don't even hurt anybody. You don't hurt yourself. You don't hurt anybody else. Heck, you don't even crash your car. You're just pulled over because you're, you're I don't know, your brakes aren't, your brake light's not working. Mandatory one-week jail sentence. I guarantee you that if we had this in every state in this country, 
it wouldn't end. The well, let me, can I tell you it something? It would work. They, they it actually would work. have a two-day mandatory jail sentence. Is it? I didn't know that. But it always gets waived, and yeah. it doesn't get imposed. Well, that's, that's And then the, the legislature came out and was like, look, it just caught... By the time you get the people processed in on first day, they're already being processed out. It's all this work that goes into it. So and, give them a week. And our communities lose money. The, uh, we lose money yeah. on running the jails. The well, jail is not a profitable we, thing for the I'm community. I'm sure we're losing right? money, but we're losing and a lot so of lives. The legislature too, so. came out and said, well, how about 48 hours of community service in lieu of the jail? Right. But they don't even impose that. Well, that's Why? the problem. Because prosecutors need to be able to throw a carrot to somebody yeah. to get them to plead guilty. And so what do you do? Well, I'll waive the community service. Take your conviction because we know that the overwhelming majority of them are not going to do it again. And the ones that do, we're going to tag yeah. them and bag them when they come well, around. Well, you know third. what? You know what? I, I hear you. And, and it, forget about even the weak jail sentence. But if you had a mandatory one year losing your license, even that, and that's not even a stretch from where we're at right now. I do think that would deter some people, and maybe some people would think twice, and it would save lives. That's what we need to do here. We don't want to take your rights away. We want to save lives. And I believe make it a little hard. I'm not saying if you get your first DUI and you don't hurt anybody, you should get 10 years in jail. I'm not one of those people. I do believe if you injure somebody or kill them, it should be a minimum jail sentence of 10 years. I've always felt that. Uh, I think Rugg should be in jail for 20. That's just my personal opinion. I know that's not going to happen. But I do believe with people like Marshawn Lynch, you put a slap on the wrist, I guarantee you, Thomas, what he's if it's going your pass- to do it again. What if it's your passenger in the car? You two been hanging out. He knows you've been drinking. You crash your car, and he hurts himself, breaks his arm. He doesn't even want to prosecute you. I mean, it shouldn't that be still- not his decision. should not so be his decision. that person should still do the 10 years. should not be his decision. No, but I'm asking. In that situation. Yes. 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 You got into a car, you injured somebody because of your stupidity. You injured somebody because you decided to get into a car and driving while impaired. If it wasn't the person in your back seat, you could have killed somebody on the road. Yes. Uh, listen, I know that. Listen, I'm not a prosecutor. I maybe I sound like one right now. No, I appreciate the but, position. I appreciate it. Well, listen, I have some personal feelings. You know, my grandmother died at the hands of somebody behind a wheel. Mm. But, but you know. I just think it's one of the most selfish things you can do in society. I've always felt that way. Uh, I get it. People deserve second chances. People all make mistakes. I know people out there that have had three or four DUIs, and they're not, they haven't spent any time in jail. It's a joke. Our justice system is a joke when it comes to some of this stuff. How many DUIs do you need to get before you're going to kill somebody? And we hear about these stories all the time where a guy kills somebody or, or, or injures somebody. Oh, he's got priors. So they got the, the old – you remember the old WWE star Sonny? Yes. Remember the diva? I do. You know, yep. she killed somebody down in Florida uh, recently. And uh, I don't even know if she's in custody now, but the charges have been filed against her. She's pretty mm-hmm. drunk. But, man, her, she had a horrendous DUI history. She had like – Five, six DUIs in her past. Mm-hmm. She actually got put on probation for five years, violated, had to do like eight months in jail because she was drinking on probation oh, from her geez. other DUIs. Yeah. Uh, back to back to back. And then she ends up rear-ending somebody who was just stopped at a red light, kills them, super DUI. That person should not have died. And if our justice system was was doing the right things, especially when it comes to DUI, that person would still be alive today. And that's exactly what I am talking about. I want to give people a little more time not to be able to drive a vehicle to think twice about So what, what the legislature did. actually did here in Nevada says, if you have three DUI convictions, three in your life, doesn't matter when you got them, yeah. and then you kill somebody in a DUI, 
then you are facing the same amount of penalty that you would face in a second-degree murder, you know, 10 I, to 25 years. I understand, but that's after you the fact, after you kill somebody. I don't think we're doing enough to prevent these things from happening. I'm sorry, I just don't. I think we need to put the clamps on these people before they go out and injure or kill somebody. And, and, and I, I, listen, I get it. There's still going to be those idiots out there that are going to drive drunk, and sadly, we're still going to have deaths on the road. I understand that. But it will help. It will deter. And if it saves a few lives in doing so, let's do it. In this day and age, with Uber and Lyft, uh, reasonable prices, there is never an excuse to drive drunk. And listen, I am going to talk to you now about a friend of mine, and I'm very disappointed to hear this story. She's been on this show before. She's a very nice lady. I've become friends with her and her husband. She'll be on this show again. Uh, She's running for Clark County Public Administrator. She was arrested on a charge of suspicion of driving impaired. Her name is Patsy Brown, and again, a very, very nice lady. A few weeks back, she's driving on the road. They found an open vodka container and spilled alcohol on the passenger side of her car. Uh, the police say that in the police report that uh, there was a red plastic cup in there, alcohol inside the passenger side. Uh, alcohol was spilled, and they said she smelled of alcohol. Listen, thank God she wasn't hurt. Thank God she didn't crash her car. Thank God she didn't uh, hurt anybody. I also know that her father just recently passed away, and, and my heart you know, burns for her for that. A, a difficult situation. Not an excuse to drive drunk. I don't know if this will affect her uh, as far as uh, running for office. I don't know if people are going to say, well, I'm not going to vote for her because she did this. I don't know. But she made a very, very stupid mistake. I hope she learns her lesson. uh, She seems like a very nice lady, especially when she came in studio. I really appreciated talking to her. Smart lady. doesn't matter how smart you are. We all can make stupid decisions. Uh, She's lucky. She's lucky that she didn't hurt anybody or kill somebody or herself. Uh, I don't want her to go to jail. Uh, if, if, if there was a law in place for a week, I'd be okay with that. I don't, I, she didn't hurt anybody. She could have. But I don't think she should be allowed to drive for a year. That's just my personal opinion. And listen, when you're running for office, that's a problem. I don't know if this is going to help or hurt her. But I just our justice system, you know, what are we doing? Well, it can't help her. You know, I met Patsy. Yeah, she seemed nice. She's a nice lady, and her husband's very nice. And, you know, she just lost her dad. So she was, I imagine she was probably going through some, some emotions and some difficult things. And I get that. Again, not an excuse for driving drunk. You know, I was in studio that day when her uh, her and Andre came in. Yeah, yeah, they're very nice people. They're nice. But yeah. you know what? You have a DUI incident, and I, they don't even give me a call. You know, that's what I mean. It's, sound, it's like, <laughs> no, seriously, it's like you personally know the former lead DUI prosecutor here in the county. That's he specializes true. in DUI cases. You met true. him. You know him. They go and hire. They probably Googled it and went on like, oh, best DUI attorney. And like 10 people popped up. And, yeah. No, you're right. You know, good luck to it. Good luck to you. You know, on when that. Um, <laughs> she'll be she'll, she'll be OK. But yeah, I wish she did contact. I've him, had but... friends of mine hit me up like a year after the fact. They've yeah. already been sentenced on it. And they go, yeah, yeah, I got a DUI a year ago. And I go, you didn't even tell me about it. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, when paid this guy? He didn't. He didn't do anything but make me plead guilty. I go, why didn't you tell me? I d- stupid. Okay. Yeah. Stupid. Hey, 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 what are you gonna hey. do, man? You know, we talk about these cases. I file that 41G motion like Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm like, hey, return the blood that you see pursuant to warrant. I want the blood back. That's our property, and we're gonna appeal that thing all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court before you get hey, this thing into trial. They should call you, man. They should call you. You obviously know what you're doing on both sides, both as a prosecutor and a defense attorney. Um, you know what I try to tell people when you're having a rough day or things are going tough. It could be Patsy Brown. It could be even Marshawn Lynch. It could always be worse. And I've heard this story because it's made national news uh, out of Memphis, and it's just uh, it's heartbreaking, man. Uh, a woman by the name of Eliza Fletcher, 
She's jogging at around 4 a.m. a few days ago uh, in a neighborhood near the University of Memphis when a man chased her and forced her into his black SUV. Her husband, and she has kids and a husband, 34, uh, reported that her 34-year-old wife was missing and someone found her phone on the street. Police found surveillance video of the area. It showed this car passing by her. The man is seen getting out of the SUV and aggressively running toward her before forcing her into the vehicle, passenger seat. Um, they were looking for her. They found this guy, thank God. Here's the worst part, besides the fact that they believe they found her body and they don't know the cause of death yet. What's even more troubling, if that's not bad enough, is this guy who murdered this woman, clearly. He murdered her and kidnapped her. It's horrible. Uh, he was already serving a, a prison sentence and already served a prison sentence for an aggravated kidnapping more than 20 years ago. Um, and he was let out. And he did it again. We were just talking about DUIs and those who get DUIs and they don't learn their lesson. This is a guy, obviously, who is a murderer, who is mentally deranged. And again, in no way, shape, or form do I blame anybody. But I think you need to think twice, and this is the society that we're living in, is that if you're a woman by yourself, I don't care where you live. Jogging in the middle of the night, probably not a good idea. I don't blame her for any of this. This poor woman who lost her life, it's terrible. I feel for her family. It's awful. And this SOB who who, who took her life, it's, just, it's awful. But... That that's just my personal opinion. No, it's a, it's dangerous out it's there. Dangerous, in all yeah. my years in the criminal justice system and as a prosecutor, I'll tell you what: the things that I've seen, I do believe in evil. I do believe in darkness. I mm-hmm. believe in things that go bump in the night. Yeah. And there are predators out there. And like you said, a guy goes and does prison time. That doesn't take the predator out of him. And there's predators out there in this world. And some people become a little bit complacent. You always have to be aware of your surroundings and the danger that the, the world poses. And when you go out in four in the morning, like you said, as a woman jogging, I mean, you are now right. putting yourself in the position to right. pray. Sure. You are. It doesn't matter whether it's Beverly Hills. Obviously, there are better areas and bad areas. Uh, there are plenty of areas. And I, I consider Las Vegas to be fairly safe. But there are patches of bad areas, which it's you know not is bad areas. There is there is darkness and evil in mm. some people's hearts in this world, and they are predators. And there is no place that is safe where I'm going to go here and I'm going to be safe. Well, that's my point. The public yeah. parks are actually one of the worst, most dangerous places a person can be, especially after dark. Everybody knows that. You have police trying to monitor the Vegas parks after hours. You're not supposed to be in that park. And if you are, there's a lot of crimes that happen there. A lot of robberies go down. A lot of robberies happen in public parks mm. after hours at night. You don't want to be there. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, you know, you don't want to deter people from, from living their life. If you want to, you know, regardless of maybe, you know, you have a certain schedule where you want to jog, fine. But go and with a, somebody and, else. In a predator's mind, he is not doing some calculation of how much prison time will I do if I get caught doing this. That is not even part of the equation. Right, right. I just, I just can't imagine. Um, I, I can't imagine the, the, the how scared this woman must have been uh, and then her life being taken. Just... I can't imagine what her kids are going through, mm. what her husband's going through. And that's why I say, boy, you could have it worse. You know, you have a bad day at work or something going on. I think to myself, what about what this family's going through right now? The pain and the suffering of this, this son of a bitch, this guy who, for no reason, you know, to, uh, from what we've heard, he's been charged with several crimes. But also, I guess he used her, her ATM card, her credit card. Um, 
I mean, it's just it's a meaningless, meaningless situation. And the reason why it's made national news is just the circumstances surrounding it, right? A nice woman who was well-respected in her community. Um, I guess it shouldn't matter whether you're respected or not. Murder's murder. No, I'm sure she was respected. I'm sure she's probably a very highly productive individual. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're going jogging at 4 in the morning, I mean, you're really getting after it in I life. I think she was a teacher, if memory serves me right. And, yeah, it's made national news for a lot of different—I mean, listen, if you kidnap somebody, I'm not comfortable with you getting 10 or 15 years for this reason. If you are that evil, as you say, that dark and that evil, that you would actually kidnap a human being. And by the way, the only reason why that person who was an attorney, by the way, I think still is, and they interviewed this guy who was um, kidnapped by this man many years ago. And he told the media, he said, listen, I would have been killed if I didn't escape. He was able to escape. This woman obviously was unable to do so. And listen, if you have to run at 4 o'clock in the morning, I want you to have a gun on you. If you're a woman jogging at 4 in the morning, I want you to be able to protect yourself. I want you to be able to have a gun. I'm not anti-gun. I'm anti-certain guns, and I'm anti-certain people having their hands on guns, and I want everybody to have training. But I'm not anti-gun, and I have never had been. I wish this woman had a gun on her, and I wish she could have blown the brains out of this guy. I wish. Because the second you put your hands on somebody and you try to kidnap somebody— you have the right to defend yourself, absolutely 150%. And, and I wish she did have a gun on her. Uh, if I knew anybody, my wife, my girlfriend, whoever, and they demanded that they jog in the middle of the night, I would demand that they have a gun on them. Not a knife, not pepper spray. I want you to have a pistol on you so if anybody threatens you in any way, shape, or form, or you feel like your life is in jeopardy, you will blow them away. You know, And that's, I think, the thought of many people, whether the left or the right. It's, I'm not anti-gun. Uh, I just want guns being in the hands of the right people. I want everybody to be trained, and I don't think we need an AR-15. I don't think this woman needed an AR-15 to defend herself. Any type of pistol would have would have done the job. But uh, it's sad, man. It's sad. I'm glad that this guy's in custody. I'm glad he'll probably, uh, well, definitely spend the rest of his life in jail. He won't be able to hurt anybody else. But that's my question. goes back to the justice system again. Well, you would think that this guy would get put away for life, uh, right. but you know, follow this case for a couple of years, see see what actually happens at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, how much time he actually gets. I, I, again, I don't know, but the fact that um, the fact that he did this before, and this is probably murder. Uh, not probably, it is. See, now in this situation, you might be able to bring up his old kidnapping. You know, depending on how they try to defend the case. Yeah. You, sometimes you can bring up someone's past crime to prove that they did the right. current crime. And there's nothing more probative than if somebody did it before, they did it again, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just the prejudice that comes along with you were convicted of doing this before, the, how that weighs in a jury or judge's mind that you definitely did it now. Yeah. That's that's the thing here. So. Yeah, it's just it's just a horrible circumstance. And like I said, it's made national news everywhere. This isn't a political story at all. Uh, so all the news outlets are covering it, and obviously we're all on the side of of uh, just feeling horrible for this poor lady who lost her life and feeling terrible for her family, and it's really shocked the community and national, uh, national news. So a lot of people are going out to this city and talking to people that knew this woman. It's just a terrible story. It's horrible. Um, and uh, if there's any case for the death penalty, I would think this would be it. I don't know if they even have the death penalty out there in Memphis, but uh, – you know, this guy should be executed. I am. I am well, one of the biggest. One of the big things about the death penalty before you ever put it is you yeah. have to have aggravating circumstances, which really take into your past criminal behavior, right? Yeah, that would go there. Then they take a lot of mitigating circumstances, and they're really going to be looking at. I'm sure this guy had a horrible upbringing, right? They're going to be looking at all these things where it's like, don't care. Do we have to 
impose the ultimate price of yes. death. Yes, yes. You know, yes, this is where I agree with Republicans. This is where I agreed with George W. Bush. Uh, I am absolutely pro-death penalty. If we know for sure that somebody committed the crime uh, beyond the, the shadow of a doubt, reasonable doubt, um, you take a life, I believe, you don't deserve to be well, on the planet. Well, that's the thing. So whenever you want to impose the death penalty, yeah. no one ever agrees to that in a plea deal. Go, yeah. oh, I'll agree to plead Never. guilty and yeah, to the death penalty. No. Yeah. So you actually have to go and take someone to trial, yeah, and know. then you got to get the jury to award death. Like the, Parkland, so, like the Parkland situation, the Parkland shooter. Well, is, when you go to trial, you're basically yeah. contesting your guilt. Mm-hmm. So then the appeals process before you take a person's life on trial, if they've always been contesting their guilt, oh, you never want to take the innocent life. Yeah. Those appeals go on for decades and at, and the guy still just sits in custody on in death row that right, entire right. time well um like i said uh there's a lot of people on the left not that i'm on the left some there's people, not too many guys on death row uh, who come out and go yeah i did it um when, some while their many, appeals are going they're yeah. like nah unless you're, i didn't do it i mean we had the one guy yeah. he was sentenced sentenced to death here in vegas yep and all the different uh, organizations came in to appeal yeah. it. They want to fight the death penalty, the ACLU. All these different, all this briefing was going on. And he's in court every time going, Judge, please just impose the penalty. Like, I don't even want any of this contested. They said, no, no, we got to let all these organizations contest the death penalty on your behalf. He goes, I just want my penalty imposed. Finally, he just ended up committing suicide in jail. He hung oh, himself. Really? Yeah, he's like... I don't want to fight this. Yeah. And they're like, no, these organizations well, are going to fight on your behalf for something well, you don't be, want for the next 20 years. He goes, I'm just going to end there's it. There's a lot of things with our justice system I don't like, <laughs> but I am I am pro-death penalty. I always have been. Uh, I understand in our— in What our, do you think about that? A guy sitting in court, did a heinous murder, is sitting there going, judge, I got the death penalty. Yeah. I don't want to contest it. I don't want to appeal it. I just want to go ahead and get it imposed. Let's get this show rolling. And even he cannot get put to death. He had to take his own life. Yeah. That's why the death penalty, it's just, it, in the current state that it's in, it's its really ineffective other than mm-hmm. being there to get someone to plead guilty and go, mm-hmm. I'll plead guilty and I'll agree to life in prison. Take death off the table. Well, I think it speaks volumes. prosecutors, you go, shoo, we got a guilty plea. We don't you're, have to go to trial on this case. You're right. I think it speaks volumes in Parkland and the Parkland shooting. If if if, 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 if that uh, animal doesn't get the death penalty, then and what are we doing in society? Anyway, he's Thomas Moskal. I'm Brian Shapiro. Uh, up against the break here, uh, but Thomas, when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of fun, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Las Vegas Aces, of course, the, the football season coming up, the NFL season coming up. We're going to talk to Ron Futrell from Channel 8 next. I believe he's at Raiders practice right now, so we'll kind of get an update from him. Their first game, they're getting ready for Sunday, man, uh, on the road against the Chargers. Not an easy game at all. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one, though, and it's going to be really interesting. Haven't seen Derek Carr at all in preseason? Well, we're going to see him this weekend, that's for sure. Uh, Ron Futrell Charles, Channel 8, joining us next. Take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Ah! 
national three-point contest where the finale ends right here in Las Vegas on Saturday, September 10th at Durango High School. On Championship Saturday, there's going to be $25,000 cash on the line. Winners from across the country will compete for the grand prize. Go watch and support the great cause, which is to raise money for community and gun violence intervention programs. There'll be an interactive fan contest where you can win cash and gift cards. Go to myjsupreme.com for more details. Again, myjsupreme.com. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it.
All right, welcome back. Pushing the limits on a Tuesday. So glad you could join us. We got the former DA here, Clark County, Thomas Moskow in the studio. We're going to have some fun now. Talk a little sports, a little local sports. And I figured what better person to preview the Raiders game against the Chargers on the road this weekend than a little Aces basketball. And the guy who I believe is at practice right now, I believe we have Mr. Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports, joining us right now on the line. Ron, what's up, my friend? <laughs> what's up, Brian? How are you? Doing good. Do I, something's do... going on this week. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah. This week. That is true. That is true. Uh, so, Ron, is that true? Are you at Raiders practice today? I was. Oh, no, that's not true. Oh, I, when that's I, fake when news. I texted you earlier. Fake news. I was going. We've now sent Logan Reaver out there. Chris and I are back in the sports office working hard right now. I'm going out to a press conference with the uh, for the golf tournament coming up at uh, Top Golf. So I'm heading out there. So yeah. So this is, so things changed a little bit here in the sports. What's office. going on? Uh, something something involving the Shriners so, at Top Golf today. Shriners at Top Golf today. They're having a media outing just to uh, introduce some of the players that are going to be here and and see if we know who they are. Well, what time is um, that? That's news to me. I'm not, I'm not told anything. It's from. It's from two to four today. Oh, I, I don't think I so can make that it's, anyway. It's, <laughs> yeah, and it's not. A, it's not. A, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, they're getting ready for October this time next yeah. month. I won't I tell. Be playing, huh? I won't. I won't tell me you said that. Hey, before we before yeah. we before we talk Raiders, because I definitely want to get into this game with you this weekend. <laughs> let's talk about the Aces for a moment, Ron. I got to tell you that game over the weekend. I'm sure you would agree. Phenomenal basketball game. It was a lot of fun. And I thought what Becky Hammond drew up uh, in plays down the stretch to get the game to overtime, uh, Asia Wilson, big play. And and I thought with, with two seconds to go, Ron, I'm sure you would agree with me. It doesn't matter how good of a coach you are or what type of players you have. It's always difficult to score with two seconds. Uh, they really earned that victory. What a great game, huh? No, it was back and forth, back and forth, forth and back, and all over the place, and then in overtime. And so, yeah, it was um, it was pretty dramatic. It was as games go. You know, every once in a while you get one of those thrillers. And this was one of those. You couldn't, no doubt, this was a thriller and, and needed to happen right then for the Aces to be able to uh, push this to now the fourth game coming up. And they're um, leading in the series now, 2-1. to one. So, so here's here's my feeling on the game today. Uh, I don't know if the Aces win tonight, and, and I say that for a couple reasons. First of all, Sue Bird, this would be her last game ever. I don't think her team, just a little extra oomph, uh, besides the team being back against the wall in a must-win situation, you don't want Sue Bird's last game to be a loss at home. Uh, I think the Aces are the better basketball team. I think they come back for Game 5 and they win. That's kind of my train of thought, and I think when you had the MVP on Seattle play, as poorly as she did down the stretch in the game the other day, Asia Wilson completely outplayed her. I think you should, you could expect a big performance from her as well. I think Seattle might get this one tonight. What do you think? No, I can't argue with that. Everything you said, but for once, Brian, you said everything I agree with. What? <laughs> oh no! Don't don't get a drop of that, please. Don't you don't use that as a drop, Brian. I agree with everything you say. Um, <laughs> for once, um, sports. Well, often we agree on sports stuff. So, we do. We do. So. Uh, so on this one, you, no, you nailed it. It's this is going to be an interesting, fun game tonight. Yeah, up in Seattle, it's going to be a tough place to play up there. Of course, on the road, the motivation, as you mentioned, is going to be all in Seattle's favor. Yeah. And motivation, it does matter in sports, it's, especially when there's such a fine line. And there clearly is a fine line between these two teams. Aces are a better team, but it's a pretty 
fine line if you look at how close each of these games have been. Two or yeah. three points, yeah. one to overtime. You know, they've all been right there. So, okay. Agree. I don't think another, we've seen another battle. I don't think we've seen the Aces in a full, complete 40-minute game in this series yet. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure we, we, we've been there yet. Uh, but I think it's going to take that for them to win tonight. The good news for the Aces is they, uh, they know that in the back of their minds you'd like to get it done in four, but you still have a game five at home if you can't get it done tonight. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Becky okay. Hammond. Yep. Let's- Yep. Let's go, go here with the Tim. I, I just watched the. I just watched the Tim Donahue, um, uh What is it? Untold. Uh, untold on yep. on Netflix. He's mm-hmm. the NBA officials who was busted for fixing games. Oh yeah, he's been on. And I've had him on many a times. Yep. Very interesting um, doc to watch as well to see everything. Uh, you know, and he he clearly talked about that. How it was. It was just sort of. It was openly spoken about by by NBA officials back in the day. That oh yeah, you let a team a team um, you want a game five or a game seven, a game decided to there's more money to be made, there's more drama, and so do officials uh, have that in the back of their mind? Sure they do. I mean they they talk in depth in that series about the a game between the Lakers and uh, yeah. the, the Sacramento Kings, and talk about how it was the the, the officials clearly were playing to get the Lakers into a game seven in that series where they eventually right. beat the Kings back in 2000. And Ron, so anyway, Ron, you could also I'll, make I'll the ref in this one. No, but you're right. Ron, you could also make the argument even more important for the WNBA because they lose money every year. So you'd think if they wanted a little extra income, uh, you'd want this one going five. Well, man, back then they fouled Vladi out in like three minutes. I remember that. <laughs> Wasn't that the Tim? Yeah, Do- yeah. yeah. Tim Donahue was the one who officiated yeah. the, he was a long time official. Chris uh, Weber, Chris yeah, Weber literally elbow straight to the mouth. In the year that uh, they had Steve, Steve Nash on the Phoenix Suns, a lot of people blame them for not winning a championship that year on Tim Donahue because he officiated a lot of those games. And the speculation was those games were fixed. Donahue, uh, the fix was in. Uh, if you're just joining us, Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports, talking about Aces game four tonight. I believe it starts sometime around five. Do I have that right? I don't know. I, I'm going to have to double check. I don't know. On Let me ask Chris. Chris knows, Chris knows everything. Ask Chris Matthews five. right now. Chris, yeah. Shapiro wants to know what time the Aces game begins tonight seven seven p our oh. time tell well, chris seattle's our time as well so it's seven seven o'clock can there you please you can you please tell chris right now i said thank you please so, so uh, brian says thanks by the way he says, he says, <laughs> he says hi and thanks oh wait chris no don't say oh no i, I got him he's saying some other things you don't want you don't want to hear some of the other things he's saying right oh, now, boy, so. oh boy well, i know Tell Chris, tell Chris he'll never beat me on the golf course, and you, but you as well. By the way, no, you as well. I, and I won't either. Come on, now you're you're a great golfer. Neither one of us will take you down. And, uh, as much as I would love to, uh, but enough. no, that ain't that ain't uh, happening. I love Chris. You guys do a great job over there at Channel Eight. Let's talk. Well, a little, thank you. Let's say, yeah, you guys are awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Raiders. Uh, this is exciting, right, Ron? Because you have a new coaching regime. Uh, you have a lot of new faces. Uh, this is a football team that is expected to win a lot of games this year. Whether they get to the playoffs or win how many games in the playoffs, that's yet to be determined. But I think we're all just ready, right, Ron? Because I think we all could agree the NFL preseason is a terrible product. We didn't really see much of anything. Yeah, we saw some of the younger guys that are on the squad uh, that made the team, and I get all that, but we didn't see any of the stars out there. What should we? This might be the billion-dollar question. What should we expect out there? You're starting a game on the road against a really good football team in the Chargers, a hostile environment. This is a tough football game, but we should get used to this because pretty much every game on their schedule is a tough game. What should we expect this weekend from this Raiders team? 
No, it's going to, you, you're right with all of that. Again, you're right with all that assessment. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. What I like is both. What should, what should we expect? We expect both teams to play better. Okay, they're, they're better football teams. Both the Chargers and the Raiders are better than they were last year. They have retooled. You look at the additions, and the additions are pretty similar. Uh, on defense, you know, you have Khalil Mack now with the Chargers. You have Sebastian Jones, uh, Sebastian um, Joseph Day also, an interior lineman with the Chargers. And then for the Raiders, you've got Chandler Jones, uh, a pass rusher on the defensive line. So they've added both teams needed to improve their defense, and they've both gotten better on defense with their talent. So we'll see on Sunday what they can do. And, of course, the improvements on offense, uh, the offensive line for the Chargers, it's young, but they've gotten they've made some great additions there. They needed that to give Justin Herbert more time. They added Sony Michelle in the backfield. A good addition there. Not a great one, but a good addition. They're solid. Um, and with the Raiders, Devontae Adams. Um, enough said there. We've talked about that. I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing these guys in their first game on Sunday and see what they could do. The Raiders have the best trio of receivers in the NFL. So, Here, according when you, when you put the, those three guys together with uh, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and uh, Darren Waller, you've got all pros and, a, and at least one future Hall of Famer in that group. Ron, you've been known to be the betting man from time to time. Uh, the spread, <laughs> the spread in this game uh, is the Raiders getting three, uh, plus three, minus three Chargers, depending on where you go, and uh, about plus one fifty is the money line you get on the Raiders. So the bookmakers are saying this is going to go down to the wire. This is going to go down to the, probably the final two minutes. I got to be honest, I, I tend to agree, but with all the weapons that the Raiders have, and listen, the Chargers have a lot of weapons as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Raiders won this football game. Uh, this is a tough game, but I think the Raiders have some extra pieces to the puzzle. Uh, I, I actually, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I haven't said this yet. I'm making a prediction. I think the Raiders win this football game. They could. I would. I'm not going to join you on that one. I'll go, I'll go with the over on this game. It's um, like 52. So take, it's like 52, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think uh, last year, let's go back to last season mm-hmm. when they played that game on Sunday Night Football, which yep. was, was all there. eyes yep. on Allegiant Stadium at 35-32 in overtime. Great yep. matchup. Daniel Carlson hits a field goal to win it. The Chargers get knocked out of the playoffs, and you've got 67 points scored in that game. So these two you. teams yep. like to score. Yep. They're good. Uh, so if, if I were looking somewhere, I would look at that total. I know it's a high total. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with the over on that total and see if both teams can score a bunch of points here in this one. But what, what, what do I know? I'm not, you know, okay, maybe <laughs> I'll put five bucks on it. Um, <laughs> so I'm talking about a That's a nickel, man. To me, that's a, a, a whole nickel that I might put on a big bet, uh, you know, of, of five bucks. What is the there biggest is a nickel, right? When they talk about a nickel, it's five bucks, right? Yeah, I think it's a little bit a more dime. than that. It's a little bit more than that, Ron. Oh, uh, Chris Wynn oh, okay. Chris Wynn loses a nickel at the Caveman Kino machines every night, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm talking more than five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ron, what is the biggest sports bet you've ever made in your life? I'm curious. Uh, Twenty five bucks on the Super Bowl. That's not true. I don't believe you. And, 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 yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah, have you have you do you ever bet on uh, boxing? Because you, you gosh, you what was that like by the way no. back in the day when you went to like the Tyson fights? Because you've been to all the fights uh, for yeah. decades and decades. How big was sports betting back then on the fights in Vegas? Because you couldn't bet on it legally anywhere else, just here, right? Oh no, it was what everybody was talking about. It's it, the spreads on on the fights. Let's go back, Hagler Hearns. Yeah. Um, you know, Hagler Hearns and Leonard Duran, you put any one of those two together, you have a mega, you had a real mega fight mm-hmm. here in town. And 
yeah, betting was a big part of it. This was the only game in town, the only place to bet. You go outdoors at Caesar's Palace with those things. Yeah. You never knew a fan man was going to show up. Come on. <laughs> Fan so man, then it got really yeah. crazy. That guy took that guy took his own life. That's actually a really sad story. I, I, he did. Well, no, yeah. it's a it's a horrific story. Yeah. Guy, he was from Henderson. Jim Miller. Yeah, yeah, that's trying to name. think of. Uh, I believe yeah. was his name. Jim took Miller. His own life. Yeah, he ju- jumped off the uh, also the like the the bridge in London, the London Bridge, or, or uh, the, one of the towers, maybe down Eiffel Tower, and did different things where he jumped off different things at times yeah, yeah. but yeah very a tragic story but it was it was crazy that that was holyfield bow their second fight yeah i remember he, that when he showed up yeah i remember that yeah. i was watching that fight with my dad well mr futrell i'll let, let you and chris matthews get back to work it's going to be an exciting uh game four tonight and uh go aces and always appreciate it ron uh, when both you guys come on the show and uh you, i'm you sure you don't want me to say bye to chris well, Chris Wynn, Chris Wynn isn't well, here. You, yeah. No, he's not here. That's oh, Thomas. Oh, that, Chris. That's Chris the former. Uh, yeah, we actually have a good-looking guy in studio. That's uh, Thomas Moskal, uh, the former DA. We got the Chris's on both sides here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got That's true. That is that is very, very true. Ron, always appreciate it, man, when you, when you come on. Thank you so much. Know how busy you guys are. And uh, I'm sure we will see you this weekend in some way, shape, or form with everything going on. Thank, thanks, Ron. I'm going down to L.A. for the Chargers game. So oh, you're so lo- I am so jealous. All, all weekend long. It's worth, Brian. It's <laughs> not fun i'm not going to enjoy it it is work that i do that's so terrible a roof or pouring concrete in beautiful hard work beautiful san diego catching the raiders play (laughs) the chargers oh god Uh, you know la did i say san diego wow Uh, yeah uh i'm gonna go back for three or four years uh yeah i'm gonna still pretend they're in san diego but anyway yeah they're in college and call it jack murphy stadium then you're really going back yeah i'm going backwards (laughs) what what can i say i'm I'm in a time zone back four years ago. Anyway, Mr. Futrell, again, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a good one, okay? Thanks, man. All right. That's that's Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports, joining us. I called them the San San Diego Chargers. My God. Man, I'm not going to crucify you for that. (laughs) I want to check out that Donaghy uh, documentary, though. Yeah, so Tim Donaghy, I have his cell phone. Actually, he's been on my show before, and they, they made a movie about him. And uh, this is the NBA official who uh, got in trouble with the wrong people in the mob owing some gambling debts, and he basically fixed games, even though he didn't have to admit that in court. He did. He spent some time in federal prison. Now, well, I guess, yeah, we all know that. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that he was motivated by being in trouble. Yeah, mob. He owed, he owed money to the mob, bad people. Um, guess what he's doing now for a living? Yes. I have no idea. He's a professional NBA sports handicapper because he he, he knows the officials, he knows their tendencies, and he's oh, actually okay. very good. Okay. It's pretty interesting, yeah. Going back to the Aces real quickly, um, you know, I, I got to Las Vegas about 20 years ago. I've been in this town a long time, and obviously I wasn't here, I wish I was, old enough in here to appreciate Jerry Tarkanian and when UNLV won their national championship and they had the parade and all that. I said this at the beginning of the year, and I'm saying it now. I believe the Aces are going to win a championship this year. And whether, regardless of whether they win or lose today. But I do believe it, and I, I believe we're going to have a parade, and it's going to be fun. You know, the great thing about this Aces organization, there's a lot of good things about it. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't much of a, a WNBA fan uh, until they came out here. But uh, it's a great organization. You know, Mark Davis being the owner of the Raiders, buying uh, the Aces franchise, I think that that changed everything. Do you think Becky Hammond, because I've said this about Becky Hammond, I think she's a great coach, man. Great coach. And, of course, she was the assistant coach to Greg Popovich in the San Antonio Spurs. She was the first female coach, uh, head coach in the NBA Summer League, and she ended up winning the whole thing. Um, I do believe she will coach men one day. 
It's not going to be college. I think it'll be in the NBA. I do believe one day she'll be a head coach in the NBA. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, this is the time to make it happen, man. The reason why I, I don't think she's going to be a she's college like the coach. Jackie Robinson for female coaches yeah. getting into the NBA. And you know, yeah. the thing is, you know, we we as Asian, I you know I'm half Korean, man. We as Asian men, we haven't had our Jackie Robinson in the NBA. <laughs> Yao Ming didn't get it done. Just Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. Look, you know, for all intents and purposes, we want, you know, he had that run, but come on, we all know he just wasn't quite athletic enough to hang with the starting point guards Yao or even Ming. the backup point guards. And Yao Ming was just like this monstrosity of seven foot six. Godzilla. We, Jackie Ro- <laughs> we need our Jackie Robinson for Asian guys, an Asian point guard coming yeah. in, maybe not even six foot, five nine, five ten, and just really. It's you interesting. Know. You've had that in baseball for sure. Oh, for sure. You've had that. Um, in golf, with uh, Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters, uh, that was huge. Uh, Aoki back in the day uh, on the PGA Tour. You've had it in some sports. You definitely haven't had much of it in basketball. You definitely haven't had a lot of it in football. Uh, not a lot. There's Basketball's been a few. Basketball's where we really need it. I remember well, Junior Seau well, back know, in Well, the here's day. the thing. Like, Heinz Ward, he's half Korean, yeah. right? But it's like, well, he's only half. You he's know? only he's half. half. He d- that doesn't get us across. You know, Jeremy you know? Lin was an interesting story because he was never really a very good NBA player. But the reason why he got that contract extension, people don't remember this about Jeremy Lin. He was barely on that Knicks roster. He barely. wasn't getting any playing time. He was sleeping on a couch on one of his teammates' mm-hmm. uh, apartments in Manhattan. He was going to be cut. And that team was terrible. And by the way, they're still terrible. And that team was bad, and he had his opportunity. And in that, to his credit... That two-week stretch, he played like an all-star. He looked like a guy that was playing for his life, and he was scoring, you know, getting— It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was an unbelievable he was, run. He was incredible, yeah. You know, you're waiting for it to end. He made his career off and of I'll that two-week stretch. And by the time they got to the week two, mm-hmm. the starting point guards on the other side were coming into those games saying, I'm going to demolish him. We're stopping yeah. this. And they didn't. Yeah. When he hit that spinning layup against the Lakers, yeah. that was the game where it was like, all right, this is going to come to an end, right? And it didn't. And it didn't right. end until Carmelo Anthony came back and said, I want this guy off the team. I'm scoring the ball. Yeah. And Dan Tony ended up having to leave because it was Dan Tony's system. It's built for a point guard to flourish. Yeah. Well, Carmelo he, Anthony's selfish. Uh, I've never been a Carmelo. There's a reason why many uh, coaches in the NBA call him uh, a ball stopper. That's not a compliment, by That's the right. way. Oh, That's because everybody. George Carl can't stand. Yeah, well, you got can't four... stand. Yeah, because him. He, he's a ball. <laughs> listen, he's a ball hog. Listen, I remember. Oh, sometimes I listen to George Carl and I go, "Hey, man, I yeah, mean, he's a brilliant... let this go. Great basketball let, mind. Let this, yeah. let this one go, man. It was, it was 15, 20 years ago, man. Yeah. No, he can't let it go, Carmelo. Yeah. Well, you know what, George Carl. If he uh, just wanted to play the right way. If he just wanted to play some defense. If he wasn't so self. Never, never a good defensive player. Self. I mean, he reminds me a little bit about uh, of James Harden in some ways. Uh, and but Carmelo, a great shooter, obviously a phenomenal player, winning a national championship with Syracuse under Jim Beheim, great coach. Uh, I watched Carmelo play at Madison Square Garden uh, in the Big East tournament, and oh, he uh, was. Oh my God, you we, want to uh, talk about one of the most beautiful. March Madness performances. Yeah. His freshman Carmelo. year in March yeah. Madness. Carmelo. Well, he's Anthony, one and you were, done. You were yeah. looking at him like, he's going to be better than LeBron. Well, the reason why that he was... jumper was silky smooth. Agree. He was one of those guys, uh, he was a man against boys because he was so physical. He was so bulky and physical as a freshman in college. And, you know, I see a lot of these uh, other guys out there. I'm trying to remember who's the kid from... Oh, let's U- talk about some Jackie Robinson moments. Remember <laughs> Jerry McNamara, the point guard for of that Of course I remember team? Jerry McNamara. Man, that, his, his performance in that... 
thing was phenomenal. Mm. He's I mean, an I assistant. He, he broke doors down for Irish basketball players. Never, uh, never, <laughs> never uh, made it to the NBA. I believe he's a, he's been an assistant coach under Jim Beheim now. Uh, got a little summer league action, but never really made it. But he was a great college player. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny Juzang is a guy that I think of who is the opposite of that, where he had a, a great career at UCLA, but just. You know, not making it in the NBA because he's skinny. You know, Melo has this big, bulky body, and he's a big guy, and, and he was pretty grown by the time he was 18, 19 years old. And I remember that year when he played for Syracuse. His game was, while well, he was a great shooter back then, too, he was, he was able refined. to back guys down, well, he though, has, man. He had that power, yeah. and he was refined. Yeah. He had a lot of finesse to his game. He was able to post up and back guys down. I remember the battles he had with UConn, and, and I watched this kid in college, and he was not a surprise to anybody that he became the player he was because a lot of people were like, wow, this kid's a stud. He's going to be incredible. I mean, right off the bat, uh, he just, as soon as he, kind of like LeBron in that sense. where well, everybody, When him and LeBron came in the league, it was like, yeah. it was like neck and neck, like who's going to be better? Yeah. And, you know, Carmelo, he didn't have the work ethic. No, he didn't. I mean, he tried to get in shape now that he got put on the Lakers yep. last year. Real, quick. You can't, I'm sorry, in your late 30s, yeah. if you haven't stayed in shape the entire time, you're not going to get in shape. If there's one thing okay. LeBron has had is the work ethic. There's no question about that. He's always taken care of his body and been in tip-top shape. Look at him now at his age. He's a physical specimen. That has never been anybody that could ever criticize LeBron oh, James man. for that. Yeah. Who's, who's the new kid that went number one this year? The new kid who went number one this year. Why am I drawing a blank? Well, you know he's out for the season because he tried uh, yeah, to the guard. Kid from yeah, yeah, he yeah. tried to guard LeBron on a fast break in one yeah. of these pro am leagues. There wasn't even I a lot of that. contact. I saw that. I mean, yeah. he's a uh, man amongst boys. His legs, man. his legs look like a toothpick, though. That's the problem with him. But he's he's going to be a very good player. And I watched him play some games in person. Uh, here. I'm sorry, but seven footer that's having a foot problem already not in good. their career. Yeah. That's not a good sign. No, he's going to be not prone to sign. injury, especially how physical the NBA is. Very different. When I mean, you... he tried to body LeBron. LeBron yeah. wasn't even going full speed. It was like a euro step walk. Yeah, it's not good. And yeah. this guy's out for the season. When uh, you're playing in the West Coast Conference and you're playing against uh, those kinds of teams. Uh, Santa Clara, uh, and then you're having to defend LeBron James. These are two completely different scenarios. Uh, and he is going to be injury prone, and I hope I wish him a speedy recovery. He's getting a nice fat paycheck this year for sitting out, but uh, maybe that's a good thing for him. He gets his body a little more ready uh, for next year. Uh, anyway, Thomas, thank you so much. Your body's always ready. Thank you, Thomas, for being here. As as always, my friend, always appreciate it. Uh, my thanks also to Ron Futrell and Chris Matthews, who made a cameo appearance on, uh, on the show today. The game tonight is at 7. I can't believe the things Chris was saying about you in the background, though. Man, <laughs> so evil. It was insane. What could he have said? Boy, that guy Brian Shapiro, he, he really is so good at what he does. I'm sure that's what he was saying. The lawyer. He's talking about the lawyer Brian Shapiro, not... Oh, the lawyer. Uh, Chris Matthews I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, No, Bra- that's what he was talking about. Brian no, he Shapiro, was talking good things about Chris, or Brian Shapiro, the lawyer. Oh, the lawyer. Oh, the I attorney. Heard, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. well, uh, yeah, Lance Burton's former attorney, by the way. But I think it's his, still his personal attorney, Brian Shapiro, yeah. Uh, I am not an attorney. You are. I am not, my friend. But uh, anyway, good to have you here, Thomas. Appreciate it. Tomorrow on the show, quickly, Brian Salmon's going to be joining us from Channel 3 Sports. Hopefully, we'll be talking about an Aces victory. Michelle Mortensen's going to be joining us in studio as well, so you know that's always going to be entertaining when Michelle comes in. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.